in a world. Dun -dun 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 -dun. Take cover. Where the Animorphs have fallen. Dun -dun 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 -dun. The Animorphs have fallen. One dude. Dun -dun 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 -dun. It's just one dude. He will have to maybe save them all. Dun -dun 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 -dun. He might save us all. That's, it seems a little uncertain. It seems a little, seems a little weird. This is the familiar. In theaters, never. This is a podcast. <laughs> oh, dude, that was. Did you have you seen the trailer for the familiar, Bryn? That was a pretty sick trailer, bro. I've seen the trailer. It's sick. I bet you the movie slash podcast is episode is gonna be so dope. It's gonna be so good. Yes, 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 yes. But you have to read the book first, though, because like you have to read the book. Uh, speaking mm -hmm. of reading the book, uh, welcome to the ABC, the Animorphs Book Club for Long. My name is Bryn. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a damn minute. <laughs> Wait a damn Bryn. <laughs> I'm Hi, Jenny. Bryn. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Um, my name is Jenny. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> this is a book club and podcast where we get each other's names wrong and read all of the Animorphs books for the first time, knowing nothing about them. We're making this up yep. as we go. Um, as we go. How are Apparently you today, Brian? Not good at, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, Jenny. Apparently not that great, though, because I forgot my own damn name. Um <laughs> Really if did. anyone's confused, I am Jenny. This is Bryn. Uh, if um, anyone's confused, this is not a bit. Jenny's literally just losing her mind. I literally, lo I literally just lost it. <laughs> that was in my head. Day. In my head, I was saying like, I don't know. In my head, I was thinking, and then I say, "This is Bryn," but out of my mouth came, "I am Bryn," <laughs> which is not not correct at all. Um, mm -mm. Mm -mm. Nope. But yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, today we are going to be reading through book 41, The Familiar. That's right. Um, how are you today, Jenny? Uh, how, how I'm, you? I'm okay. Yeah. Um, I actually, I had a much better week than last week. Last week was pretty brutal out here, as Olivia mm -hmm. would, would say. Mm -hmm. um, my rehearsal uh, uh, for, for the show that I'm in right now. My rehearsals were just crazy last week, but this week they were much more chill, so that's good. Uh, I've started drinking energy drinks now, um, which I think is actually quite good for me. Mm -hmm. um, I had like a tr I had a double shot today. I had one of those like canned double shots. I might graduate okay. to a triple shot. In all honesty, oh, caffeine does not work for me very well. Yeah, um, I know. But I, started... I hate you for it. I know you hate me for it, but I started drinking. Bang, which is delicious because I have the palate of a twelve-year-old, um, and then I started drinking yerba, uh, but I, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna just uh, use those from now on to just you know get through the day without seeming like I don't care during rehearsals because I'm just very tired. Uh, but how are you, Bryn? You know what? That is so fair. I, as you know, I have just cracked a yerb. I'm drinking one now. Um, mm -hmm. What's your flavor of choice, out of curiosity? I don't know. I've only really had, like, one because my friend gave it to me, but it was mm. pretty good. What'd I think it have? was one of the... I literally don't know. Was um, it a skinny I can? I think it was one of the... It was a skinny can, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It was a, uh, I don't know if it was a tall boy. Uh, no, it wasn't a tall boy. Um, but it was a skinny can. Um, I think wait. it was one of the red, the red ones, <laughs> the red flavor. Uh, like the cranberry pomegranate. Sure. One, probably. Was it carbonated? No, but that was the one, that was the one critique I had is I wish it was carbonated. They I do have carbonated carbonation. ones that are skinnier I do than know, the skinny can. Yeah, I do know about that. So I might, next time I go to the store, pick up some, some of those. Highly recommend. Um... Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I've had a similarly insane past week. Um, as I was mentioning before, our chef's dinner was was last weekend. I do the dessert, not f- apparently now, uh, for mm. those. We don't have a pastry chef at my restaurant. We are not fun dining, um, so we don't have a pastry chef. Instead, we have me. Um, so I've been doing all of the dessert for chef's dinner, and it took me three days and, like, I think like almost 30 hours <laughs> to yeah to make 140 individual cakes for this huge dinner that we just had um and then I had one day off and now I'm back at work but um it does it's all right it doesn't matter um I want to talk about this book because I've been dying to talk about this book ever since I mm. read it like a week and a half ago Hell yeah. We both, yeah, I, I, I hear you have some uh, strong opinions. I have thoughts. I yeah. I remember, I remember texting you and being like, have you read this book yet? And you were like, <laughs> no. no. And I was like, you should read it. And then I read it immediately after and was like, specifically the meme you sent. I don't know if you guys know that are familiar with the meme. It's like the Mr. Incredible before and after. Oh, yeah. Let me find it. Yeah, it's the one where he's like the normal Mr. Incredible to like the cursed Mr. Incredible. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We'll post okay, we'll post it on Twitter so you guys can uh Yeah, before current. you read the familiar versus after you read the familiar. Yeah, we just kept sending each other back back and forth familiar memes. Um yeah, I was like shook. You were angry. You with... were you to quote yeah, to quote you, you were shaking with fury. I am still shaking with fury i've just suppressed it Um, yeah i just want you to know that i still get blasted with a rate a wave of rage every time i think about the familiar and i will until we record and i can vent (laughs) that's a direct quote folks yeah yeah uh that was a week ago and that still holds true so (laughs) let's let's do it let's talk about the cover um i love this cover because to quote one of my friends who has also read Animorphs, it's just Jake turning into a slightly older version of Jake, and that's pretty funny. That's it is pretty funny, and I, I, you told me that before we read this book, and I thought, I thought you were kidding. You're not kidding. This is just Jake turning into Jake. Yeah, I thought he was turning into. I thought he was a race car driver. I don't know. For a sec, I thought it was Tom. No, just I thought just it was literally Jake. Just literally Jake. It doesn't even look like him though. Like, yeah, it does. That's my beef. Same nose. Same nose, but that's about it. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I buy it. I think David did a good job of aging up this model, or uh, altering another model, or being a good painter. Yeah, no, I, I don't... You do be that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Mostly, in my mind, I feel like Jake is the type of person to just not change his haircut for decades. So, mm. that's my main beef. Um, also, I like how it go like as he gets taller. It's like a it's per it's like a perfect 
uh, how do you say this? Like a like a, a graph. <laughs> a, yeah, like a, it looks like a graph. It's a perfect line from the top of his many heads. Like, which yeah. I, I enjoy. I think that's fun. That's funny. Um, I like this cover quite a lot. I love mm-hmm. the tagline because every time I read it, I, I I read it as "They're out of sight, you're out of mind, <laughs> but I'm out of my head when you're not around." Oh, 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 which is just one of my favorite Hollow Notes songs. Mm-hmm. So, thanks, Animorphs. Thanks, Animorphs. The blue is kind of weird, though. It is a little weird. I'm not really sure where the blue is coming from. But I like that it matches the, um, like, older Jake's shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do yeah. like that. I just wish it was, like, a warm color, personally. Yeah, no, I feel that. I do like Because I really um, like the sunset, yeah. I like the acid sky in the background. It's very apocalypse. Yes. It's very fun. It's very fun. Um, how, how many sports sporks do you rate this cover, Jenny? Um, I'll give it, like, a three. It's It's fine. Yeah, you know, I'll give it. I'll give it a three point five, and the point five is for Hollow Notes. Three point five for me as well. Uh, out of Wonderful. five sporks for those of you who don't know, and you should know by now. Um, Perfectly average. It's cool though. This is one of the only covers where they turn into a human, because the other one is there's where's the one where Rachel is turning into like a werewolf. The Return. Mm-hmm. Turning into a weird werewolf. Uh, Axe on the on forty six is turning into a human. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest. I thought this was Jake like turning into like impersonating somebody. Like they had I also acquired did. a human, and I thought that's that's the direction we were going with this, and like talking about the ethics and the morals of that, and maybe that they had changed their mind from. From like no. their previous stance, <laughs> there are no. no ethics. The ethics is hurt. Um, yeah, there's that's really there's only three. There's only this one, um, the one where Rachel turns into a weird werewolf, and mm-hmm. the one where Axe turns into a maybe not a race car driver now, but because this just reads as race car driver to me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I gotta look at it now. Hold on, everybody. Yeah, I don't know which one it is. Um, Said so the. F- said 46 48 is her turning into a werewolf 46 the deception ooh it does look very cool the deception i got it enlarged deception discreet viscer two excuse me evil as plain as the scar on his face okay this is a <laughs> bomb ass cover yeah, oh gosh, I can't wait to talk about that. Oh my god. But that's not for gosh, um Hold on. I'm just soaking one, it in. Two, three, four, five. Five weeks we will be talking about Deception. Disgrace. <laughs> did you ever watch did you ever watch the Lion King 2? Um yeah, like Yeah, like fifteen years ago. Like I I distinctly remember that song because it was in a Warrior Cats AMV. <laughs> I'm sorry. Evil as plain as the scar on his face. What's up? Is it a what? Warrior Is it a what Cats. Now? Warrior Cats 
A-M-V. Keep it up. Keep, keep up. Keep up, Bryn. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I, okay, I read Warrior Cats as a kid, but I never finished it. I think, I don't even I know I loved how, Warrior Cats. I literally don't even know how many books, how, how many books I got into. There are, the thing is, so many. There's so many. There's so many sagas. I only really, I finished the first saga, and then I read Firestar's Quest, and then I read the first manga that is about Tiger Star, and that's what I read. But I still, I love Warrior Cats. It's such a cool idea. Yeah, but, I really enjoyed them, but the lore is so deep. There's so much lore. For these cats that live in the wild, there's so mm-hmm. much lore. But, like, I distinctly remember watching Warrior Cats AMVs, um, specifically to that song. Because for, okay, I kind of just, tangent on this tangent, <laughs> The Lion King 2, the music in that movie, has no right to be that good. I I don't remember it. Hold on. There's, there's, uh, the, the deception, disgrace, evil as plain as the scar on his face when they're casting out Kovu because he's Scar's son. But more yeah. importantly, the fact that this is going to be a controversial opinion. I think My Lullaby, the villain song that what have, What's Your Face has, is honestly better than Scar's. Hold on. Are we talking about The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride? Yep. Okay. That's well, My Lullaby. All I remember is that I don't remember pretty much anything about that movie except that the villain is Scar's ex-wife. Yeah, is Zira. That... Okay. I mean, okay, can I just read you the lyrics for my lullaby? I feel because like I don't have a so... choice. It's you don't. It's so insane. Okay. <laughs> the sound of Simba's dying gasp, his daughter squealing in my grasp, his lioness's mournful cry. That's my lullaby. <laughs> like this it's is insane. for children. It's it's like it does not have that way that it does not it does not have any right to be good. And why is Andy Dick in this movie? <laughs> Who's Andy Dick? What a um, name. An, an, an asshole who's not funny. Um, to quote Lindsay Ellis, one of the good things, the one of the only good things about this movie is you get to see Andy Dick die. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of what that brute did, I get a little tense. <laughs> like, it's so... <laughs> Like, 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 what is Scar's, um, villain song? I don't, I don't remember. The one with it's, the Nazi goose stepping. It's, it's iconic. It's great. But it's, it's not um, nearly as evil as fucking Zira. <laughs> like, she is just like, like, like Simba dying and his daughter getting murdered. That's what I think about when I go to bed. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's camp. That's camp. What were we talking about before this? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, wait, no, we were talking about Warrior Cats, which was like oh, a oh, sub-tangent oh, 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 oh. to this yes, tangent. Yes, yes, Wait, hold on, hold on, okay. hold on. Was it- was Holding it, on. I distinctly remember doing like a Warrior Cats website, Make Your Own. Yes. Was that with you? Did we do that? I think we did do that was together. Was that a fever dream? Or did that actually happen? We did do that, and I also did take that test many times as a child. On the official Warrior Cats website, I don't know if it's still up or There's if it got Pixie Hollowed. On, There's a t- an official test to know which clan you can get it, but we don't have time to get into all that. That's for a different podcast. Um, that's for a different podcast. But um, different I will say, 
I will finish off this discussion by saying that a lot of the animated Warrior Cats stuff, like the AMVs and even the Warrior Cats anime, quote unquote, that I watched as a child, are genuinely are genuinely very very well animated for for the fact that that children were animating them on Adobe Flash in like two thousand and nine. They're mm-hmm. quite well animated. The voice acting very bad, but the animation is quite good, and I really hope that these kids pursued careers in it because they're very good. Anyway, we should hold on. Really get into the book now. I feel like we've had this discussion on the show, like maybe at the beginning, beginning of the season. I'm getting deja vu. Hold on, any listeners out there? Like, if we've had this discussion on the show, I just it's more for like just so that I know I'm not losing my mind. Like, if we if you know that we've talked about this, please tell us. Like, just tweet at us that we've talked. I think we've talked about Warrior Cats before, but I don't remember talking about Lion King Two Simba's Pride. No, we're not talking about Lion King Two Simba's Pride right now. Uh, Specifically, Warrior Cats. Like, I feel like we've talked about it on the show. Specifically, the manga and the anime. You know what I mean? I don't know. I literally I don't remember anything we talked about on the show. Yeah, neither do I sometimes. Sometimes you, um, like, sometimes we'll release the episode, and I'll just be scrolling on Anchor, like, in our statistics, and, like, I'll be like, we talked about that? Hold on. <laughs> Wait a damn minute. <laughs> Wait a damn minute. I'll be looking at the episode description, I'm like, we talked Wait, about Jason huh? Statham? Hold on. When did we talk about <laughs> Wait Jason a minute. When did we do that? <laughs> yeah, all the time. I love seeing um, which episodes people really gravitated to listening to, and which ones they didn't give a fuck about. And they're like, never people the love the reunion. People did love the reunion, which I loved. I mean, I mean, I love the reunion. People loved, um, uh, <laughs> people like yeah. the stranger. That is a, a oh people. Uh, well, the thing is, our earlier episodes have the most plays, because that's what people start with. Mm-hmm. People really um, liked The Weakness. Interesting. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 77 listens since we, yeah. since we released it. Where's, um... Um... People really liked... Mm, the Prophecy? People where's liked this, that. Where's the fuck is it? The Departure. I remember that was the episode... That the one of the first episodes that we published where we were like, "Whoa, yeah, a lot of people." That was a, that was a lot of people. Like it got really a lot of listens really fast, despite the fact that it's over three hours, almost four hours. Also, what the fuck happened on January fifth, where we got a five hundred and seventy-one plays? Yeah, what were y'all doing on January? Did everybody just wake up on January fifth and be like, mm, "I need to listen to the ABC right now"? Yeah, I gotta know. I. Got to know. I don't even think we've released anything on that day. I don't know. Anyway, 20 minutes anyway. of preamble is, I think, maybe too much. <laughs> I don't know. We, oh, we've, we've just been avoiding of, the discussion. But we've, we covered a lot of off-topic topics there. But now it's time to get into the familiar, I think. Yes. Ethics. So the familiar, it begins in the same place, really, that the last book began in, which is mid-battle. Also, this is really funny because Jake is like, his red eyes burned with hatred. His face was a twisted horror as he pushed back, desperate to free his tailblade from his body. I strained to reach the scarred, saddle leather flesh of his neck to rip out the throat. By the way, I'm Jake. He's like, he really said, hi. 
Yeah. Yeah. So they're underground and they're completely outnumbered, and this is a pretty brutal battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the important thing is that um, uh, Rachel and Marco get kind of left behind, and the door is about to close. They're about to close a door. They're yeah, they're running escape. out, and there's like a there's like an one of those automatic closing parking doors, garage doors, like in a garage door. Um, yeah. And Jake slams the button, and they're like. They're running towards him, but they're not going to make it um, before the door closes. That's the context. Yes. And Cassie's looking at him, and he's like, "What?" she's like, what are you doing? You can't trap them in there. You can't leave them. But, um, mm, uh, but Axe grabs a pipe, and he, like, wedges it in between. He does the, like, cartoon thing. Um, and Marco and Rachel just barely make it out. And they're demorphing and running away, and they get to a downtown street. And then uh, uh, Cassie, like, looks Jake in the eyes, and she's like, I may have killed four of them back there, maybe five. Jake, how do I deal with this? Every day we're more like them, aren't we? (sighs) No. No, you're not. And he just, she's like, look, the important part is that she's looking at him, and she is pleading with him to make her feel better, to say literally anything that will, that will help her. Literally and he's anything. Like, and he's, yeah, and he's like too tired. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm this is a this is a problem I do have with this book a little bit. Um, which I will get into later. But Jake is just like, I don't have the energy for being a philosopher right now. I just want to go home. And then he's like, No, we're not like them. And he's like, Why is she doing this now? And then she's, like, crying, and she's like, I knew we needed to talk things over. She needed to work through all the confusion to feel a little bit better, and she wanted me to help, but I walked away. Yeah, because he just almost killed Marco and Rachel. Yeah, because you just had to make another impossible choice. Save two people, or lose everybody. I mean, I mean, save three, and lose two, or lose everybody. Like, he just had to make another terrible decision yeah um but he he like he goes over to a dumpster and marco and rachel are having a big old fight and he gets in between them and he gets in between them and is like stop this everybody everybody stop and axe is like i axe demorphs and remorphs and he's like i have not heard from tobias let's go look for him um and they see that tobias just flies away and Marco's pretty pissed. And he's like, I know Tobias has not been doing well ever since uh, the illusion. He's been doing really, really bad. And and he's like, and X is like, should we meet tonight uh, uh, and attempt the mission again tomorrow? And Jake is just like, I don't know, man. Can Can you do me a favor and make sure Cassie gets home okay, though? And Jake goes home alone. Um, and like he goes up to his room and he's lying in bed, and Tom is like, you know, asking him some questions. And he's in his morphing uniform, and so he's barefoot, and he looks like he's he's in like a biking shirt and biking shorts, and he's like, I went biking out. And Tom's like, Went biking at night? With no and shoes. Like, no shoes? And then he's, he's like, like, uh, he, he like tells him a lie. 
He's like, yeah, Marco spilled Pepsi all over my pants and shoes, so I had to leave them at his house, blah, blah, blah. Blah, um, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, um, he's like, great, it worked. And then Tom's like, hey, is that blood on your leg? <laughs> and then it, tur- it turns out, and Jake's like, oh, shit. Sometimes when you morph, the blood doesn't go away. That's true. That's true. Metaphorically about speaking. that. Um... You would think that the blood would go away, but I guess not. I guess it was, like, on the... F- I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's his blood. Is probably not. Well, like, he might have stepped in blood or something. I don't know. Yeah, and he he lies again and said the, the, the chain catches the skin and la la la. And, and Tom is like... He's like, I saw Tom's leery eyes. Always watching... Policing, scheming, eyes controlled by the very small but very real parasitic slug in his brain. The Yerk, the race of alien invaders pressing forward in a stealthy quest of conquest of humanity. And he's like, I had my hand crammed against a small hole from which water slowly seeped and bubbled. On the other side, I heard the raging sea, pummeling, pounding, weakening with each lashing fiber of the wall. And I wondered, just how long would it hold? Ah, uh, shit. It's rough, buddy. It's rough, buddy. Um, it's just a recap. What's happened in three chapters? Because yes, we're only three chapters in. Uh, Jake had to just make yet another uh life or death decision, like sacrificing two of his friends to save the other three. Luckily, they're alive. Uh, everybody just had a big old fight. Tobias is nowhere to be seen because he's mad at them for something, and also he's, like, losing his mind because he was, you know, literally tortured for days. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Cassie is falling apart, and Jake can't help her. Everybody is looking, at, like, at him, asking him what they do, what to do, and he's, like, just so tired. He doesn't know. And then he almost slipped up and got caught by Tom, and now he's asleep, and now he actually knows away. That, that's, that's the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's time. (laughs) Wait, where's my watch? It's almost time. You've got about 15 minutes until it's time. That's right. Um, But he's like, he he hears an alarm and he's like, ugh, five more minutes. And all of a sudden, like, he's like, wait a, wait a damn minute. This isn't, this isn't right. He's like staring at a triangular screen, a flat computer panel mounted on mounted flush in a peeling white plaster wall from across the bed. And he's like, and on the on the on the screen are some copper letters that say 5:58:16 a.m. to do report to work. And he's like, this is not my bedroom, not even close. And um, he all of a sudden like he gets up and he like. He's like, get out, get out, get out. I need to get out of here. And there's, there's, uh, he goes to a tall black panel that is maybe the door. And he's like, there's nothing to, there's no, there's nothing, there's no door handle here. I can't fucking get out. And then he's like suddenly studying his fist that was slamming on the door. And he's like, wait a minute. I've got a big old man hand. This is the arm and hand of a, of a fucking grown man. Of grown muscular man. He's like, that's not, that's not right. I'm 14. I'm a baby. What's going on here? 
technically, uh, it's 15, but we'll get into why in a, in yeah, a little bit. Says, um, it's weird. It, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But he anyway. goes up to the he goes up to the doorframe to look at his reflection, and all of a sudden he's like, "What? My short cropped hair, my six foot frame, my day old beard? I'm a fully grown man, not crazy old, but out of a college for a few years, at least ten years older than the kid I'd been the night before." And then he's like, "Okay, this is weird. This is weird." And he's like, maybe this is some sort of Elemis trick. But he hadn't spoken. Maybe it was a Yerk experiment. Could I have been captured? Captured? Um, captured? And he sees that he's wearing this jumpsuit. This jumpsuit, this faded orange jumpsuit. And then he's like, of course. I knew what had happened. It finally happened. I'd finally been driven to a complete psychotic breakdown. I'd gone crazy. And this was my padded cell. Okay. I think it's a- okay. Okay, he's really like, mm, this makes perfect sense. I've finally snapped. I've finally gone insane, and I'm institutionalized. Like, and that's when she snapped. That's when she snapped. Like, he's really just like, hmm, not surprised. Alright. Yeah. So then he, like, describes his cell, and he's like, it's 12 by 12, but it doesn't look institutional. It looked like the remodeling job from hell. There's plaster, porcelain sink basin, hardwood flooring, and then there's like a hallway, and then there's like brightly colored metallic retrofits sprouted from two gray synthetic walls. I stood up and walked toward a purpley kidney-shaped pedestal. This top slid off to reveal a golden cone. It was decorated, I guess, with a border of luminescent tubing. And there's a bunch of paper. I'm not really um, sure what any of that means, but... It's a toilet. Oh. I think. <laughs> I think so. I think that's the implication. Um, but then, like, some breakfast shows pops up with crisp bacon and scrambled eggs, orange juice, and a beaker. And, I'm, and he's like, I'm not hungry. And I'm like... <laughs> Shit. I'm, I'm not gonna be the one to turn down free food. <laughs> I don't care if I've gone insane and I'm now trapped in a in a padded cell. That food's free. <laughs> I literally it's bacon that. and eggs. No, I literally thought the same thing. I was like, oh, breakfast. Yeah, I need that. Yeah, I'd be like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, it might be drugs, so there's that. But I need that shit. Yeah. Um. But he like moves we on. Be dead he... by now. We <laughs> we'd immediately give up. <laughs> we'd immediately. This is why we're dead. the worst. This is why we're the worst Yerks in the Empire. We'd immediately give up. But I like to imagine that our Yerks would also immediately give up. Like we would be probably. Oh, that's better. what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'd be like immediately like we'd be like symbiotes of giving up. Yeah. To the you put bacon we... and eggs in front of us. We're like I'm sold. So, what I mean, so, I don't even know what our job would be, but it would probably be something very lame, and we would enjoy it. Podcasting. Um, <laughs> we're, we're the podcasters. We are the official podcasters for the Yurk Empire. So the only the, job that we can do. We're the court jesters of the Yurk Empire. Is that what you're saying? I mean, podcasters are kind of like the court jesters of the modern day. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Get us some those hats with, like, the dangly bells on it. <laughs> I love the idea of a year podcast. <laughs> what would we even talk about? I don't know how great it is to be a year. We'd we'd be like propaganda. we'd read a book series. We'd read book. We'd read year propaganda and then talk about it on the show. I love that. Okay. Well, would we be propagandists? Anyway? I mean, technically, that's kind of what we would do. Is is if we were yerks, we'd probably be propagandists. We'd suck. We'd suck we'd at be it. Bad at it. But we'd do it. <laughs> we would be bad at it, but because we'd have so many listeners, they couldn't take us off air. Yeah, they'd be like, you keep those idiots on there. They're funny. That's right. I need my court jester. Exactly. I mean, this place still has jelly donuts. We're going to have so we're going to we're still going to have podcasts. We got material. OK, we got material. <laughs> anyway. Back yeah, to he the moves. He moves on to like a window and he sees out in the window this urban jungle. Structures, glass, steel, concrete, ma- concrete, masonry, all jutting toward a simmering red cast sky. Uh, chaotic clumps of black machinery clung, like unwelcome growths to the skyscraper's sides. Sickly deformations of a century's architectural monuments. A few buildings were completely covered over by this industrial applique, like a ship's hull overrun with barnacles. A tree strung with parasitic. The word left me with a very uneasy feeling. Parasitic. Oh, crap. And he sees, like, Yerk fighters. And uh, it seems that this is not a great timeline. And then he sees um, something that ages this book quite, quite, quite considerably. Two of the buildings look familiar. Simmer- shimmering rectangles. Twin towers. The World Trade Center. Uh, <clears throat> well. <clears throat> Jake, I hate to tell you this, but, uh. They wouldn't be there. <laughs> uh. When did this- I think this book came out- hold on. Hold on. I think this book came out, like, a year before 9-11. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that- that might be it! <laughs> um. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Keep going. Alright. Um, but he sees- he- he kind of- he kind of puts two and two together, which means that Yerk fighters out in the open means that they launched an all open attack. Missing three, they gained. Did, did you figure it out? April two thousand. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Like a mu- like a couple, like a year and a couple months. Like fourteen months before. <sighs> That's not right. Fifteen months before. <sighs> Either way, it's a bit of a cringe. Bit of a cringe moment. Anyway, please um, go on. He puts two and two together and realizes that um, the Yerks have won, and he sees that there's also an Andalite craft that's been grossly modified, and the computer is uh, slams the window shut, and he's like, there was no war being waged after all. The war, it seemed, was over. Um... And the cell door uh, bursts him into a hallway, and he's like, I have to observe. I have to trust these strangers and use them. And he sees that there's a bunch of orange and green and yellow suits, uh, and the building uh, had been knocked. Like, the building wall at the end of the hall had been knocked out. Everyone was stepping through the rough opening, and he, like, steps up into a craft, 
that hovers in the air and he steps into the craft. And it's just basically a subway car. Um, it's an air taxi. And basically an air taxi. Um, it's just a floating egg, basically. <laughs> not another egg. God, not another egg. There's too many eggs um, in this series. Yeah, but he, like, uh, he he's, like, uh, hears a, a human voice saying, Hey, Essex241275, love that they always use their full names. Love That's that. S- so unnecessary. And um. And he's, like, When's the launch gonna be? And Jake's like, the launch? What launch? And green and the green suit guy is like, Mr. Hotshot Scientist forget to have his coffee. And then he's like, Jake's like, that green suit. That green suit had called me by what he knew what I knew had to be a Yerk name. And this, this is where I started to realize that something is is off about this situation because I put I was like, wait, wouldn't Essek know that Jake is the leader? And why is Jake suddenly without a yerk in his head, if that's what the the situation is? And this is not the first of many intentional plot holes that we will be we will be experiencing. Yeah, there's there's so there's no there's no yerk in Jake's head, and that is not a coincidence. Um, yes, tis very strange indeed. Tis evident. Um. But they, uh, uh, he's looking at all these buildings, like the Chrysler building, and he's like, the, I wasn't a Yerk. How could I be? What was going on? I was no prisoner. My eyes moved freely. My legs, when they weren't strapped to a hovercraft seat, walked where I told them to walk. Why wouldn't whoever was responsible for this just talk to me? Until today, I'd been the leader. No! I was still the leader of a small but powerful resistance to the Yerk invasion, not Essex 24 whatever. No, it's Jake. My name is Jake. And he like shouts them out loud. And everyone else reacts to him like he's a freak. And he's like, freak. uh, you know, my host, uh, I still have trouble controlling him. And uh, one of the yellow suits is like, you should visit the clinic. They have a, they have pills for that now, which is very interesting. It is interesting. What do they mean they have pills for that now? I guess, I mean, I don't know. We've seen, I, I, we've, we've seen rebellious hosts, but not in a way that actually affects the Yerk. So that's kind of interesting. Hmm. I don't know. I guess it, I don't know if it's a combination of a host being very weak or a Yerk being very mentally strong that they're able to keep their, keep their hosts in check. Um, because, I mean, Visser 3 had fucking Alaron as a host, and Alaron is not uh, what we'd call a, weak ma- a, a weak-willed man. Mm-hmm. So maybe Visser 3 is just very strong. I don't know. And I think he, I like to think that he just yells over Alaron. Like, <laughs> Alaron. They just have a yelling match inside their head. You know what I mean? It just keeps getting louder and louder. Yeah, maybe so. Um... But uh, research and development is there, and he's like, "I'm gonna go to the clinic. I'm not well." Um, and then once everyone is out of the of the the subway car, he yells and he yells and he yells, um, uh, about how he's Jake and he's not a controller and he's not 25. And this is the key thing: 25. It's 10 years have passed, and that means that the kids are 15. How? Why are they still in middle school? Did they all get held back a year? 
they're all stupid. No, I don't. I've never read it as middle school. I've only ever read it as high school. But I've also not read them as being that old. Because I don't know. They don't sound like teens to me. When I was a teen, I was a very much a sweary, very sweary person is what I'm trying to say. I like to think that Marco is a very sweary person. We just don't see it. Yeah. If this wasn't um, a Scholastic series. I don't know. I'm still going to see I'm just going to. I'm just going to believe that Jake is rounding up <laughs> and yeah, still see them as 13, up. maybe 14. Yeah, I've always thought of them as, like, 14, personally. Yeah. that's. I mean, there's a huge difference between 14 and 15. And yeah, 16. 100%. I, I mean, 14, yeah. I remember what I was like at 14, and I choose to forget what I was like at 15. So, there's a difference. I choose to forget. Yeah. I blocked it but out. He's like, yeah, I've blocked that shit out. But he's like, walking. He's like taking, still taking the subway, and he sees they pass this like park, like a fraction of the size of Central Park, and then uh, he sees a bunch of blue and tan fur hooves, stock eyes. The bodies were assembled in an orderly, disciplined rows, captive andalites, and they were feeding. My spine felt like a live lightning rod. A world with Andalite controllers is no world at all. But then, why, why is Mr. 3 special? I don't know. He's not, though. He's a Visor 1 now. That's true. That's true. That's true. Well, he's not even Visor 1. Oh, that's right. Well, oh, that's um, right. Sorry. We'll see. Uh, uh, we'll we'll Sorry, see very shortly. Uh, no, no. Oh, it's, it's okay. It's time! Um... But he's like, I didn't know what world this was. My a, a, a world before or after or parallel to mine. A bizarre reality that had somehow imposed itself on the one I was used to accepting. My own personal nightmare? Mm-hmm. The Yerks owned this city. They owned the people in it, but they didn't own me. As long as I was free and in control of my ma- mind, there was a chance that I could find out what was going on. And then maybe, just maybe, somehow, even in this strange place, I could find the others together and we could. And I thought I knew where Rachel was. I thought I knew. Where did you wrong. think Rachel was? Hold on. I thought she was Visser 3's right-hand woman. Me too. Okay. Because that's what she was in the time travel book. And mm-hmm. Vis- and Rachel's fucking insane. And so Visser 3 would be like, yeah, you're my judge. You're my I'm going to put a year in you. Yeah. Because you you're, you're entertaining to me. Exactly. I thought I knew where we were going. And then when it wasn't that, I got super confused. Like super mm-hmm. confused about what was happening. I'm still a little bit confused. I'll be honest. Yeah, I'm very, very confused. Um, <laughs> and he's like, "Do you ever imagine a scenario where world leaders lose their minds, fire up those intercontinental ballistic missiles, and then nuke the whole planet? Ever think it would what would it would be like to step out into the shelter and the worst residue cleared into some kind of post-apocalyptic wasteland? Well, there I was it. stepping out into the wasteland of Times Square, hmm. and there's just no one there." And Jake is very freaked out because it's Times Square. But there's still billboards, which is funny as fuck. There's still electrified billboards that say things like, You can go home again. Tired of the city? Make the Yerk home world your home too. Transports leaving noon and midnight. First of each cycle. Yerk Empire State Building. Yerk Empire (laughs) State Building is so funny. (laughs) They really said, oh, we have the chance to make the biggest pun Anyone has ever made, and we're gonna take it. And oh, we're yeah. taking that motherfucking chance. Like that you know shit what? is I, fucking funny. 
actually, I think we were on the committee for the board of naming that. Of naming. Renaming that building. And we were like, guys, board of names. you know what would be so funny? Yerk Empire Yerk State Empire Building. State building. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean... I think we've mentioned on the show that if, if I had my pick of a Yerk job, I'd love to be on the naming committee. Naming things is fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just really funny to me. That name, the Yerk Empire State Building. Honestly, then, what's a naming committee but podcasters with a salary? Let's be Literally. Real. And then, yeah, and then he sees that, that billboard, and then he sees at the bottom of the billboard are the high council for the... De- for, High Council Division for the Relocation of Unfit and Insurrectionist Hosts. And at the bottom of a, um, of the, well, these words have been sprayed over by the graffiti tag E-F. And he's like, these taggers' letters weren't some pre-conquest relic. They were new. They were fresh. They were angry. Angry. (laughs) Unfit and insurrectionist hosts. Please stop. Thank but you. I needed to find the others first. They had to be here too, right? Stop. Just stop. And Norma NYC Marco could be Jenny. in any in any video arcade in Manhattan. Rachel in any express from Midtown to Soho. Jenny, I'm begging All you. with the boosted storefronts and wet on streets. <laughs> <laughs> which, accent, which accent should I use? No. I went from New York to Australian to British to Scottish. It's a real problem. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm begging you just to use your normal accent, please. I needed to find the others first. No. <laughs> anyway, he needs to find the others first. Um, and he's like, were there any gra- parts of the ground city that still function normally? I wasn't ready to bet on it. Bet on it. Bet on it. Bet on me. Um. <laughs> Thanks. All of a sudden, Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> Oh, There's I a bunch thinking, of machine gun fire. What were you mm, thinking? Now I'm just picturing um, Jake as Troy Bolton. Troy Bolton as Jake. Um, That's kind of iconic. I think that kind of would be good casting. Zac Efron. Zac Efron is just older Jake. That's who he That's is. That's who I am. That's my plan. Gonna end up on top. You can bet on me, bet on me, bet on me, bet on you can. <laughs> Me and me and Maggie have been singing that a lot lately. You know what? I think Marco would like ironically but also unironically love high school musical. He would love it. Mm, he would claim so. that he doesn't, but he would really like it. He would like Chad. Who yeah, doesn't dance. One hundred percent. Yeah. I say you can. Not a chance. No. <laughs> I, I I turned away from the mic when I did that. I hope it was I was getting a volume. Oh, anyway, so some machine that. gun Kelly starts firing, and um, uh, he sees a gang of taxons that are horribly scarred, and he's like, "No taxon encounter ever ended uh well," and all of a sudden, uh, he sees this like tear. He hears a raptor's cry, and he automatically assumes it's Tobias. Because, I mean, yeah, that's, that's not, that's not yeah, gonna, and gonna be he, he says, he looked ancient, thin, with feathers missing and skin taunt around the eyes. He sailed into the stream, steam cloud of, over mm. a subway gate and was gone. Yeah, how the fuck is he still alive? Per, per, uh, raptors don't live. Hawks don't live that long, I don't Look think. I mean, California condors oh my God, live Jenny. up to 70 years. <laughs> 
Jenny. I know a lot of facts about California condors, Bryn. I know you do. You just told me before we started recording. I I want to make the record straight because that sounded like I forced this knowledge onto you. You asked and I answered. I did ask. The average lifespan of a red-tailed hawk in the wild is 10 to 15 years. For those in captivity, oh. 20 years. Oh, so he'd still be kicking around. He'd be He's ancient, kind of both. But he'd be kicking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Yeah. We don't know how old the one he morphed into is. Yeah, I'm assuming it was like a kind of a young hawk. Must have been. Um. Anyway, the taxon leader spots Jake and starts skittering away, and he sees another human, some guy who was part of the EF, and he's like, "You won't last much longer down here." And he goes down this subway hole that smells like shit, and. He sees uh, a bunch of human children, maimed or disabled adults, lay on thin soiled mats, battle-scarred andalites, some minus tail blades and others without stock eyes, milled restlessly. The stench was profound, the moans were heart-rending, it was living death. And this is basically, um... Uh... Basically, this is where... This is where the Yerks go, oh, this is where, like, the refugees who can't get bodies go. Normally they'd be like killed, um, but if you can't, if you're not a suitable enough host, then you you go down here, and if, if mm-hmm. you live, you you go down here in the hole, and then is, just to die, basically, yeah, just to basically die, to do nothing and then die. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy is like, your body is strong. You must suffer mental illness. And Jake is like, I could hardly argue. I must. <laughs> Yeah, And he's like, with our help, you may last a month, perhaps even two. And Jake is like, I have to get out of here because the stench is eating away at my brain. Uh, And he's like, no, you have to stay with us alone. You won't last for two ding dang hours. And um, he said two ding 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 hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking at the text right now. Sorry. Yeah. So maybe don't doubt what I say. Um, Is that <laughs> too bad? You made me laugh while I was taking a sip of my my herb. Oh no, I meant I hated that voice I did. Oh, well, um, I also hated it. Great, but anyway, he like go running down another tunnel, and he's getting pulled by like yerks by like taxon mass transit, and he's like six feet from being stuck, uh, stuck, uh, stuck, stuck, sucked up. Being so- sucked like lugers along an underground highway, red eyes jiggling as they flew past. Thank you. Paused. You're welcome. Past. As they flew me. past. <laughs> hey, I, this is why I was saying I think I need to graduate to triple shot. I took a I took a double shot and I'm still very tired. Well, that's because caffeine doesn't work on your ADHD brain. I know, I know. But a double shot works a little bit. It gets me to where I'm not insanely super sleepy, but... I need triple shot. Get yourself some triple shot then. I will. I'll go to the landing. I'll get some triple shot. Um, Anyway. Why don't we just pour espresso directly into your mouth? Yeah, that'll that'll work wonders. (laughs) Um, So he like pulls, he he gets, he grabs a bench. He's still alive. 
And all of a sudden, he like gets he clambers up towards the daylight. He gets out of the ding dang tunnel. He's uh, all of a sudden he rolls onto his back and he realizes he's not alone. And he hears like some voice saying like, "Shoot!" Yep. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And he sees these people, these creatures, basically, these aliens, obviously, that are like, they, they're they completely through, like see-through. And they have two bright green hearts pumping pale yellow blood through crystal clear veins, miles of intestines coiled tightly near a swath of faintly reddish muscle. Their skin was as glass as clear. Their skin was as clear as glass or water. Uh huh. I'm real. Yeah, their skin was as clear as glass or water. Still clearer since there were no distortion as I stared at the organs beneath. And uh, he's the biology teacher would die for, which is very funny. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it clicked, and he can understand these these uh, alien people, and they're like. Get up, orange suit. What are you doing in the ghetto? Work truancy is a crime. Why aren't you at your work site? And he sees that there's a badge on his jumpsuit that hadn't been there before. At least I hadn't noticed it. Hmm. I have a hmm. feeling it's the former. Hmm. I'm reading sees... this for a second time. Things are making more sense than when I read them a first time. Yeah, just... you're seeing this. You're seeing the, the thingies? Hmm. I'm seeing the thingies. Did you notice right away? No, actually. I didn't okay. notice that line. That makes me feel I highlighted better. it, but I didn't notice it. Yeah, I didn't notice but it in I did, context. I did immediately clock the Yerk thing and how that wouldn't make sense. Um, yeah, me too. But but that's the most obvious one. Yeah. But he sees that there's a hologram of him and his Yerk name written out. There were numbers corresponding to housing, worksite, and work sector. Under the words job title was the term planetary engineer. So Jake or Essek, is a planetary engineer that worked in the Chrysler building. And mm. uh, he's like, they could see where I lived. I guess they wanted me to say. I looked at my badge and tried to read their numbers upside down. I, uh... And then he, like, fakes an answer. And he's like, we're the... He's like, uh, under whose authority um, am I Am I going with you? And uh, the creatures are like... We are the ORF, fool. Security agents to the High Council. We are our own authority. Our own authority, if you will. Oh my god. I hate you. What? That what? was a really good pun. What? Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, Jake is like, can I morph? And he's like getting dragged away and he's like trying to morph. And all of a sudden, a blinding yellow-white... Boom, boom, boom. A huge explosion. About 20, uh, the lowest 10 or 20 stories disintegrated in a cloud of dust. The entire structure was sailing towards Earth, falling, falling. Then, concussion after concussion battered the Manhattan bedrock. I should have taken the chance to disappear. But all I could do was crawl to a doorway and lie there. A choking cloud of white dust engulfed me and a spattering of small debris rained down from the sky. The he- then heavier particles, chunks of steel and concrete, were pummeling towards the street. And then everything went black. This was written 15 months before 9-11. I was literally thinking that about that when I was reading it. Like I didn't think about it when I was reading it, but now I'm thinking about it while I'm while I'm reading it out loud. No, literally when I was reading it, I was like, 
This feels. Was it, I literally? I was like, did this come out? No, this didn't come out after because that would. I don't know. Mm. Mm. K. Applegate collectively has like the power of foresight. I feel like they predicted this. Yeah, they they. Oh, I almost said something. I shouldn't have said. <laughs> I know what you almost said. Sorry, I'm scooting my chair. That's the that's the weird no- background noises. Heck yeah. Um, uh, but he he kind of blacks out, and all of a sudden he eye opens his eyes, and the orf are gone, and he's like, "I gotta get out of here." I gotta and get out like, of here. Because he hears alarms blare, and he's like, "I gotta get out of here." And all of a sudden, he looked past the barrel, past the arm of this woman that is holding. Uh, well, he's like being held at gunpoint by a dracon beam and he looks past the barrel and past the arm into the eyes of a dark female figure covered head to foot in dust, blood dripping from even features. As her eyes met, her expression changed. It flashed from ruthless hatred to a mix of confusion, disbelief, tenderness, and anger. My chest heaved involuntarily because this woman, this woman, my memory. Yeah, I knew who it was. It's fucking obvious. Yeah? Who is it? I'm not gonna say it. Really? Because it's not revealed yet. <sighs> Fine. All of a but sudden, taxon. We all know who it is. Taxon guts spill out onto the pavement. She's like shooting, bow, bow, bow. She seems very much an aggressive person, and uh, he like he calls to her, and she she like fires at him, and like misses, and she he can't tell if it's a warning shot or if it's bad aim. But the gang of taxons are suddenly chasing. I'm sorry, what? Sorry, could you could you repeat that? Thank you. Appreciate it. Um and uh, another uh, explosion uh shakes the floor. Um an exploded balloon. Boy did it stink. Uh well that's not an explosion. It's taxon meat falling from the grid. Um, and she, like, burns a hole in a faded canvas of landscape and vaults through and blah, blah, blah. They're in a theater, basically. It's a big old fight. And all of a sudden, there's, like, a script. She, like, pre- like uh, activates a scrim force field, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um... And then he meets her eyes and she's like, Cassie. Or no, he's like, Cassie, I wanted to hug her, tell her everything was okay, that she was brave, that we would make it out alive. But her eyes were like a wall or a mask. I searched them for the peace and sensitivity they used to hold. Neither was there. Her lips curled into a fake smile, a very uncassie-like look. And she finally spoke. So, you're not dead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. What? That's that's so, what I was thinking. You're not dead. Yeah. That's a very not that's a very uncassy thing to say. This isn't this is not my girl. This is not my Cassie that we're seeing here. Hashtag not my Cassie. <laughs> I knew you're gonna say that. Um also why is she here in New York? Like, that's something I've been thinking about. Why are 
as we see as we see now, as we see later, he runs into a lot of former allies that are just in New York. They they're from what the West Coast. How do they all end what up there? What a dinky. Hmm. Hmm. I'm kidding. Scratch my head and think about that. Hmm. Anyway. Um. Um. I mean, I think it's also just because New York is the centerpiece. I think of the Yerk's hold on Earth. I love the idea that um. Anytime aliens invade Earth, they just go straight for New York. Why? Yeah, the, what about Dubai? Yeah, go for Dubai, what about, maybe. What about for Hong once. Kong? Yeah. I mean, there's hell, bigger cities. London. I mean, I know London's not the best, but, like, maybe just leave New York alone for once. Maybe. I mean, New just York is, the cult- is one of the cultural capitals of the world, but, but it's not the only one. But it's not, like, the, the only one. Like... Yeah. Maybe maybe aliens could just leave New York alone for once. Perhaps. That'd be nice. Maybe. I don't know. I um, have to imagine New Yorkers are tired of, like, in every form of media, seeing their city being destroyed. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, why hasn't Milwaukee been destroyed, huh? Yeah. You destroy Somebody... that U.S. cellular building. <laughs> destroy Milwaukee for once. Deserves it. Anyway. Hey! Um, hey, wait a damn minute. <laughs> no. That's too far. <laughs> so Jake's like, I answered with a smile, the kind of look I'd g- have given her if we were back in the world I knew. Hmm. And she's like, no, I'm not dead. The city's been doing all it can to kill me, but I've been alone. Where are the others? Oh, wait, no. He says that. Hold on. He, yeah, he's asking her that. Hold on. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe he's I like, Cassie. He's like, oh, maybe so. He's like, Cassie, what's going on? It's like, I just got out of bed. I just got to bed, and then I woke up, and now I'm in this just bing bong, ding dong. What the heck, hellhole? Fucking bing bong, fucking hellhole. And, and he's, he's like, like I, I, I wake up. Yeah, go ahead. He's like, I wake up this morning, and I'm freaking 25 years old. What is this? Is this the cryac, the elemist? And she's like, I haven't thought of those names in years. <laughs> She's so edgy and dramatic. She is so edgy and dramatic. She's every, like... She's just the walking dead rolled up into one person. At this point. Yeah. And she's like, I take it you're not with the EF. And she's like, the evolutionist front. The Yerk rebel group. You know, the so-called insurrectionists dedicated to turning away from parasitism and toward the use of artificially created symbiotes. Um... And I can't tell if she likes them or not. I don't but he, either. I mean, she says so-called insurrectionists. I'm not. Uh, I mean, maybe it'll be just talked about in a second. Um, and she's. Oh no, no. She is. She says, "What else would I be? My Yerk's name is Nis. We're in the EF together." Oh, she's a controller, by the way. Yeah. Um, by the way, because of course she is. Um, they're in the EF together. Um, and she's like, we've done, we cooperate to fight the council. I led the team responsible for the blast this morning. That's why the taxons like me so much. The damage will set them back, even though we didn't hit the, and he's like, 
Oh, what? Like, a, a wave of nausea nodded in his chest. Cassie, what are you saying? You engineered the blast that killed, must have killed hundreds of refugees? The very people the EF is trying to help? That makes you a terrorist. How can you possibly justify that? And she's like, in a war, Jake, anything is justified. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm not concerned with the nonsense that I used to be. And he's like, what? Like life and peace? You Don't you remember our last mission? The Ragson battle, Ragson building battle? The come down? You needed to talk when we got out and I turned you away. Just didn't want to deal with it. I was an idiot that night, Cassie. You were on target with your doubts just like you always were. You have to realize that. I, no, hate, how Jake, you're, I hate how you're saying this right now. You weren't an idiot, Jake. You're like a child. It's not, you, it's not your fault. Oh. It's not your, It's. it shouldn't be your responsibility. It's just because you're the leader doesn't mean it's your responsibility to be everyone's fucking therapist. Yes, he's, you don't have to be the therapist friend. You're also the leader friend. You can't be both. Uh, uh. Cassie's the therapist friend. Yeah, and Cassie, she... just fucking read some, read some David Hume. I don't know. Read some like, fucking, I'm not, read some Kant. I'm not unsympathetic to Cassie like that. I mean, she just got out of a battle, and now she's having a moral battle with herself, and logically, the person that she would turn to is, like, her boyfriend, like, the person that she cares about and knows that can make her feel better, but also, like, he's really tired, and... Just because, yeah, just because he's her boyfriend doesn't mean that she has to, has the right to put literally all of her emotional baggage and weight onto him. And I do have a problem with this book framing Jake's action inaction mm-hmm. as being the catalyst for Cassie's breakdown, but also maybe not because this situation is really weird. Yeah, this situation has is is like so flexible that I that it covers up like a lot of flaws and plot holes that I would normally really have a problem with in this book. Um, yeah. And it feels like a slap to the face when you get to the end. Anyway. I know you think that. Um, but he's basically pretty fucked up. And yeah. she's like, oh, but a pitiful blur of youthful idealism. You don't get it, do you? I'm saying that I finally understand war. And she's like talking down to him. And she, he's like, was there really no connection between us? Was oh. my friend so changed? I hate, <laughs> why are you saying it like that? I don't know. He's no, but literally, imagine if, like, somebody that you care about and have been through like countless battles with your girlfriend is like a completely different person overnight, and you know, oh no, completely changed. I hate you. Stop this. <laughs> like, she literally just doesn't care about him anymore. She's looking at him like she doesn't know him because she hasn't thought about him in years. Because she thought he was dead. I know, but still, like she's complete, mm. complete, yeah, a completely is, different person. It is a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah, and he's like, the taxons own the subway. The orf rules the streets. Cassie, if you look around, it's obvious that somehow we lost our chance to win this war. And she's like, the war is not lost. And then she's, she's like, what? She's kind of in Rachel mode. Yeah, she's basically kind of turned into Rachel. Yeah, and it's... 
terrifying. I don't like yeah. it. She she because then she like her eyes moved to the badge on his chest and all at once her anger vanished her face relaxed then brightened her expression changed so quickly it was frightening she's become a sociopath mm-hmm. like in a psychological sense not in like a whoa she's looking crazy but literally like she's very good at manipulating people yeah which she always has been like she that was her job in the universe is like she she's super good at understanding people and she has she's always been capable of manipulation like true i mean she's used it on act she used it on david a little bit so mm. this is just using her powers for evil pretty much anyway um anyway 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 She's like, you're a planetary engineer. You're working on the Chrysler building project. And she's like, the Jake, or, or she's like, Jake, the Yerks want the moon. They want to make it a smaller Candrona radiating sun. If they succeed, it means all life on Earth will be bathed in Candrona rays for the rest of eternity. It'll be something the EF could never touch and never disable. No one could. Um, and her voice is very much like obsessed like with this. And she's like, your job brings you closer to the Moonray technology than anyone in the EF. You know that the shell, you know that shell over the Chrysler building. The Yerks have been working there for months, fine-tuning the energy beam that will ignite the moon. The targeting has to be precise, absolutely precise. The Yerks need the beam to fire exactly the way you and your team have calculated, or else. And Jake is like, he like t- tears his uh, badge off, breaking her trance, because she's like. Her eyes are glistening. Like, she's like, this was the spark I knew, only it wasn't for the love of people or animals. It was the thought of sabotage, terrorism, strategy. And he's like, tell me right now, how did we get here? Where are the others? How were you captured? Is this even real? And then she's like, how was I captured? I was betrayed, Jake, by you. You were a controller by then, of course. You can thank Tom for all that. Tom, the year in Tom's head finally put it all together. Clues, maybe. Carelessness. I don't know. But he suspected you of being an Andalite bandit, and then one night he was sure. He planned his attack so well that when it came, you didn't stand a chance. You, Marco, and Axe were taken immediately in my barn. Rachel was killed outright. They caught me the next day, only Tobias escaped. I was like, oh, thought Rachel would have been, you know. Yeah. Homie. Yeah, she would have, I thought she would have been taken. Because she, apparently not. No. But no, they just killed her outright. Yeah, if there's a Yerk in Jake's brain, I mean, I guess this might be another plot hole in this <clears throat> situation, but the Yerk in Jake's brain would have immediately put two and two together that Rachel is obviously the most ruthless member. Well, actually, maybe that makes her a pretty bad host. Because she's not acquiescent. Maybe. Yeah, because she would do everything in her power. She would rather kill herself than be a controller. Free or die. Yeah, all that. Yeah. Well, um, either way, I don't know. Mm. Um, and then he's like, she's like, Tobias, with a hawk's lifespan, he'd be dead by now. Oh, how little you know. Um... And all of a sudden, uh, the black metal music stands in front of him, vaporized. There's uh, uh, another taxon coming over. Um, And then she, like, they're running away, and she shoots uh, this taxon. And it seems like she she hits him in the leg, 
So and Jake is like, oh my god, he'd live if if she just let him. And then she turns back around and shoots him in the hole, coldly finishing him off. And then she's like, they're just dogs. The Orf's unofficial police squad let loose to catch us so-called terrorists. The Orf don't mind too much if tax on hunger gets out of control and they eat us instead of bringing us to the station. An eye for an eye, I say. And Jake is like, I wonder if maybe this was Nis talking, the Yerk, and not Cassie. That is pretty cold. They're, they're like, they're just dogs. That is very cold. I mean, I hate what they've done to her. <laughs> That's, I don't know. Mm. I'll, t- I'll, I'll give you my thoughts later. But it's just, that is so cold. Like that's colder yeah. than right. That's 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 beyond Rachel cold. This is a new level of cold. It's fucking that, Arctic. It's fucking Arctic. I mean, it's beyond Marco's ruthlessness. It's beyond Rachel's recklessness. This is different, and it is terrifying, and I hate it. <laughs> and so does Jake. <laughs> yeah, Jake does not like it. He's not burst... having a good time. Yeah. No. Um. But they burst. They burst into the street. Uh, they run away from the sirens, and um, every hundred yards, Cassie turned back to return fire. Uh, they stop at this like smashed up news front or, or, or storefront, an old newsstand, and then he like picks up a, a copy of Sports Illustrated, and he's like, "My dad, I just got he just got this mis- issue in the mail," and she's like, "Yeah, it's been about ten years." The Yukon quest concluded in a matter of weeks after we were captured. Turns out, we were more than a thorn in the side of the Empire. We'd actually started to shift the balance. And then I'd blown it. No, you didn't, Jake. No, you didn't. He's... mm. He's like, I'd been too ready to use the others, especially Rachel. That has nothing to do with it. This is just his... This is his guilt that he's feeling. Eh, I know it is his guilt. Um, but Cassie, uh, says some more stuff. She's like, Axe became a high-ranking controller. From what I heard, he was the key player in the Yerk attack on his homeworld. The Andalite planet was decimated. Millions died. Tens of thousands of Andalites were taken. EF leadership thinks there are some still free in deep space, but I can't imagine. Tobias became a leader of sorts, anti-Yerk. And he's like, did he know about Rachel? And she's like, yes. And then, as for Marco... Marco is Visser 2 now, in charge of Earth. He's done things. Terrible things. Oh my god. And I was like, shit! For real? For real. Marco's Visser 2, I guess. Yes, he certainly is. Like mother, like son, I guess. It's terrible. Yeah, literally. Um... And he's like, she's like, the Visser 3 you remember was made head of the council. The supreme Yerk leader. Emperor. So that's where Visser 3 is gone. He gone to the top. All the way to the top. Um, which is why everything's gone to shit. Because that, that crazy man's at the top. Um, I wonder if he still has Alleran's body or if he exchanged it for something Yeah, better. I mean, because he's not so special now. Mm-hmm. Probably better Andalite hosts you can get. I mean, Alleran's kind of an old... I mean, yes, he's very... By this point, he'd be even older. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. What if he took Axe? Yeah, they don't really describe where Axe went. 
Um, yeah, after the I I don't know. That's my personal headcanon. As terrible as it is, is that Vizzer because he's Alfanger's brother and was part of the Andalite bandits. And he's like, I've got to. I've got to. He's like, it's just too perfect. I have it's to. too perfect, you know, for the, the story and all that. I've got to take him. For the narrative. <laughs> like, the narrative. Um, and then he's like, <sighs> he's like, no, my friends weren't. No, my friends. No. And I don't know why I said it like that. I don't um, know either. And she's like, it was good luck that I met you, Jake. The job you have as a planetary engineer is an incredible chance for the EF. It will create an opening for the attack by the EF. Jake, do you hear me? It will be the opening that the EF and free humans have been waiting for. And she's like, he's like, free humans? Yes, small groups still survive in the countryside. Hunted groups of fugitives. And she's like, and he's like, so there's hope. And she's like, I told you the war wasn't lost, but it will be. All hope will be erased if this energy beam fires as the Yerks wanted. Go to work. And he's like, she knew I'd help her. She knew she was my leader now. Reluctantly, I clipped the badge back onto my jumpsuit. And she's like, she's like, we need a code word. And he's like, how about peace? And she's like, no, you fucking stupid bitch. <laughs> she doesn't say that. But she's like, how about animorphs? I hate you. Animorphs. Um. I hate you. Let's back up. She said, Cassie said, Cassie looked at me like I was a naive two-year-old. She reached out and touched my face tenderly, and for an instant, one sweet instant, the mask of hardness lifted. The girl I loved was looking back at me, but then she was gone quickly as she'd come. It's too late for peace, Jake. All that's left now is to drive the invaders away by force. Make Earth too dangerous for them. How about a different code word? How about animorphs? Manipulation at its finest. Oh yeah, she's a she's girl bossing. She's girl bossing. Um, oh my god, this is oh this is so incredibly off topic. But when you said girl boss, it reminded me. Um, I'm I might be getting a promotion at work pretty soon. Ooh. Um, because one of our sous chefs is leaving, and apparently everybody has been gossiping about it. So one of my coworkers has started calling me boss lady. Uh, every time I ask Uh-oh. her to do something, she goes, you got a boss lady. And which means we're only one step away from her calling me girl boss. And if she calls me girl boss, I think I'll just disintegrate on the spot from shame. <sighs> it's going to happen one day, Bren. I'm sorry to tell you. I'm not looking forward to it. Anyway. <laughs> You're girl bossing <laughs> a little too close to the sun. Yeah, I'm boss leading a little bit too close to the girl boss. Unfortunately. <laughs> seriously she's like that's that's my story yeah i love yeah i love that and he's he agrees and she was gone leaving with a dracon beam in my hand and emptiness in my heart and she's like he's like was i on her side but she was so changed driven obsessed ultra focused she'd become a cog in the war machine but then again here who who here wasn't was i a pawn in her mind a rear tool i knew the answer but i didn't care it might help me save her. Because <laughs> he still loves her. That's because it's been literally 14 hours since the last time they saw each other. It's literally been mind. like two seconds. And he's like... <laughs> yeah, he's like <laughs> still a 14-year-old in love with his girlfriend. And she's a hardened war criminal. Uh, Not war criminal. Uh, What is it called? Terrorist. 
terrorist uh rebel um survivor yeah, rebel is, i don't is know a better word rebel um and it's been 10 years and she thought he was dead so they're at very different places in their relationship right now heck yeah anyway um and he's like he boards a shuttle uh that drops him off on an empty docking pad the Chrysler Building's mylar wrapped gleamed reddish brown in the city's frightening glow. Um, and he, st- he goes to work. And mm-hmm. uh, the, he goes inside of a basically a, a, an elevator to like take him up into, the, into the, the Chrysler Building. And there's an Andalite host there that's like, figured you'd abandon us for the home world. And he's like, had friends at the clinic. Problems with my host. He has a rebellious history. And then a tall human male is like, I hear you, man. My host used to work for the ACLU, and he just won't shut up about how I'm infringing on his rights. I don't want to worry you, but the pills don't really work. <laughs> that was single-handedly the funniest a- shit in his entire book. I love the idea of this ACLU being like, and you're violating this Geneva Convention. Like, this- that'd be a great... Just boring the Yerk with, like code and just subsection a part b paragraph three like a hundred percent like that's how if i ever get kidnapped that's how i'm getting out of that i'll be like you want to hear facts about the california condor they they just annoying the shit out of them they'd be like "Ooh, we out nope (laughs) or your jerk would be into it and be like oh my god yes and that's why you're such a bad jerk. And then it's symbiotic. So we 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 bond over the over the California condor, and then we, exactly. we fall in love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fall in love. You fall, fall in love, love with the slug in your brain. That'd be a honestly, that'd be wow. the dream. <laughs> Still better than Twilight. Um. Anyway. Um. He like he's like you're just in time for this afternoon. Uh, one of the yerks is like. You're just in time for this afternoon's group efficiency workshop. Peer communication skills. Conquest through companionship. Speaking you know of falling in love with your slug. I love the fact that even through the literal apocalypse, like, corporate teamwork, team building skills have survived. Like, that... Literally. Like, the fact that Visitor 3 had to go to a seminar. TED Talks will, are one thing that will never die capitalism still 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 kicking through the apocalypse. that's not even capitalism it's just it's just team bonding it that is such a funny i don't know that's so funny do you think team they have building. like a company basketball team i, I love the idea do you think you like basketball i, I think, think mr likes basketball i, would I love think that. he does um and then I was like, and then I realized, oh wait, Marco maybe organized this, and he might he's taking after his mom because conquest through companionship was what Visser One is all about. Hmm. Oh, I didn't so think sad. about that. Yeah, and Jake Yikes. is like, never, I never miss one. Uh, and so they open this door is opened into this vast room. There's a bunch of cubicles, mostly just um. Oh, they they watch this film. Basically, uh, it's a holographic short film. Uh, um, it depicted an Andalite controller passing the cu- cubicle of a Hork-Bajir controller. And the Andalite's like, may the Kendrona shine and strengthen you. And the Hork-Bajir doesn't respond. And then a lady is like, well, a female Andalite is like, what was missing from that interaction that could have facilitated team compatibility? 
I want to die. I hate that. This is the funniest shit ever. This is one of the funniest things that's ever happened in these books. Jake's like, that's a tough one, lady. But I'll go out on a limb here and guess that it's free will. Um, This is the funniest shit that is... You're so right. You're so right. Like... Like it's and it's the fact that it comes in this like very traumatizing, super dramatic book, and there's just this moment of like what was missing from this from this seminar? Like like that is fucking funny. I don't care. Who I literally you are, just had funny. to do one of these seminars for class. Literally just had to do that. Oh god, it's like an HR like thing. It's so mm-hmm. funny. Um, oh, I hate that. Do you think they have sexual harassment training? <sighs> I bet you they do. I mean, <laughs> sure. I'm sure they do. They've got the whole video. Yeah. And it's the same video as, like, before. It's the one that we're still using that's literally from the 90s. Like, the one that yeah. I had to do is, like, from the early 2000s. It's so bad. Um, Like, I... <laughs> do they have, like, do they have anti-racist training that's, like, don't judge your coworker just because they have an inferior host. Oh my god. You know they do. Oh my god. I just love the idea that I in my in my in my heart, KA Applegate, they put this in this book just so they could make fun of seminars and like like HR videos. One hundred. For just a second. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um but he goes to his cubicle and he, he's like sees that there's like a, a hologram that's like whoa cool and he's like wait now it's like if you haven't been to class at all and now you have to pass the test and he like turns the puts the console and puts it in his ear and all of a sudden the 3d um the 3d model flashes in his brain he's like oh gosh i'm so scared i tried to mask the monitor from view so that my cubicle neighbors wouldn't sound the imposter alarm dun 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 that's, they wouldn't that's sound this, the sus alarm. Mm. Yeah, you know about Amogus? Who does played Amongus? No, I haven't. That's a real shame. Anyway, Sorry. um, and he's like, under normal circumstances, this would have been extremely cool, but this is extremely not cool. This is extremely um, uncool because I'm about to die. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, he's like looking around the office. And he blinks, and um, all of a sudden, all of his co-workers are no longer his co-workers. They're all mangled corpses, bloodied bodies. Uh, he sees a bunch of people uh, 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 that have been destroyed by Jake. He see- They're all chanting Jake. All of a sudden, like, like, there's David there, the rat. Like, like, everyone is, like, just, like, like these bloody corpses just attacking Jake and screaming his name. The howlers are there. Everyone is just attacking him. And all of a sudden, the, there's, like, a, a man who is ordering a security force to apprehend him was the man who played catch with me as a child, who taught me how to swim, the man who changed my diapers, my friend, my role model, my father. And I was like, this is quite... This the quinky dinky. Yeah, everybody that he's ever known is ends up is in New York. Is in. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and and it also since uh he had not aged a day, like the vertical wrinkle forged above his nose, he hadn't aged a day. How is that possible? It's not. 
Yeah, and he's like, it was a weird and unlikely coincidence. And I, as an isolated event, maybe. I'm out of commission for ten years, and when I tune in again, my dad is there waiting to arrest me. Sure. But combined with bumping into Cassie, with citing Tobias, with learning that it was my carelessness that led to Rachel's death, too much convergence, too many lifelines intersecting. There has got to be some other force at work here. Yep. Yep. And Jake's yep. dad is like, you will be interrogated because you were late for work. Hmm. And you were by and the they, they start to drag him off. Up. That's why. That's why he'll be late. That too. He'll be um. Yeah. And they're like trying to, they drag him off and all of a sudden he's like, I can still morph. And he morphs into a tiger, and everyone's like, what? He's not an Andalite? It's impossible. And he's, like, uh, uh, ripping out on these uh, Hork-Bajir, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, a brutal blow on his back. Um, his head exploded. And then that's where the book ends. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, this Yay. has been a great episode. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> God, imagine. Could you imagine? Oh my god, that would be terrible. It um, would add another uh, tally to the Jake death death count. Um, I think we're at... He's died... Seriously. Six times? Hold on. That would make six, if he had died just now. Um, yeah, pull out the tally. Yeah, we're at Incredible. five right now. Yeah, let me, um, let me add another one. Alright. <laughs> but that wasn't a real one. That was just a yolk. What? Anyway, he um he wakes up after being knocked out, and <laughs> he's like, "Wait a second, how did I demorph?" And I was like, "Is it the demorphing ray?" But he sees a hideous red light reflected off a cool, smooth floor. It burned my eyes, bare, seamless walls, a large room, and I was sprawled near the exit, a door frame with no door. I could go. No door. And all of a sudden. Sorry. Nardar. 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 And it's very clear that he can't um, move. And all of a sudden, he's, like, trying to, like, run. He's, like, still putting up the big fight after all these years. And he says, I looked up. A broad, dark man paused in the doorway, then strode through the energy barrier. He was flanked by six Hork-Bajir and the four heavily armed Orf. The Hork-Bajir fell and took up locations by the entrance. The Orf kept their positions on either side of this person who was clearly in charge. He spoke. When they told me it was you, I didn't believe it. I thought you'd been disposed of at the beginning, my host's old comrade-in-arms, but the former leader of that pathetic little gang, the Animorphs. And then I said, Marco? He got buff? <laughs> I, I'm having so much trouble picturing Marco as an adult. Like, I, I kind of just can't do it. Like, I don't even, I don't even know. It, I, I can't imagine him as being tall and buff. I don't care no. if he, if that's how puberty works. Not for I, him. I'm having such a hard time. Like, also the way that they're describing him, he sounds so much older than 25. Like. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's a little bit taller. I think he finally hit a growth spurt at, like, 17 is when he finally got a little bit taller. But 
I'm having. What's the thing is they call him Broad. The no, 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 no. Visser too is just very brain. much into. He's very much into like fitness. Oh, he's a gym bro. He turned Marco into he's a, a gym bro. bro. I love he's that. He's like this host body fucking sucks. I'm gonna he's make like, him a gym this... bro. Yeah, he's like I could snap this body in half. We're gonna we're gonna have to get swole. We we need some gains here. We're gonna have like, to work he on only this. Eats proteins. He's a yeah. Literally. Yeah. Okay. I love that. He has so much fucking protein powder in his in his cabinets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, I like I got buff. Yeah, Vizzer 2, Jim Bro. Um, so it's Marco. And then it's Marco, and Jake is like, also, Marco? He says, I thought you were disposed of at the beginning. But they said that... Yeah. That Jake was infested and then betrayed Cassie. Then they missed maybe disposed of his body, but why? Jake is, is, is you know, strong. Like, like, it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, because he's always been described as a dumb jock. Like, he would be a perfect host. Yeah. It's weird. Um, But the Marco is, well, Visser 2 is like, Jake is like, Marco? And Visser 2 is like, just the parts of his mind that I find useful. Very chilling. Fucking Very chilling. raw line. Do you think he, like, broke Marco? That's what I think. Is... I think he, I don't know. I think he, 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 the way he talks to him, he seems he can just kind of use Marco at will. You know, the, the, the funny parts, which is what he does. Or tries to, fails to quite capture the funniness that Marco, yeah. like. He says, yeah, he says he, he finally understands how much better things can be when we all work together. One big happy family. Tell your old buddy, Marco, and then he lets Marco get control for, like, a second, and then takes it back away. And he's like, what he means is no one could be happier. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of a great character, I have to be honest. Yeah, evil, like, of, Mr. Two, evil Marco. Evil Marco. I kind of love it. Marco's evil twin. Um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of love it. Is that terrible? So no, kind of uh, it's not terrible, because if it's terrible... Then it means that I that I am also terrible, and that can't be true. That can't be true. No. Um, but he's he's like, yeah, he he's like Marco would die before he chose to help you, and Vesper Two is like evolutionist front nonsense. Everyone wants to help the year because it's the informed choice, the in thing to do. Life is cool when you share your head. And Jake is like, this Yerk was trying to tap Marco's humor, but it wasn't working. And he's like, you'll want to join us too. We've already got a new Yerk lined up for you. Someone more cooperative with the Empire. Someone who'll help you think things through. Help that anarchic brain of yours find peace. But first, we've got some business to take care of. And he's like, new Yerk. So he, too, thought I was already a controller. I knew I wasn't. I knew it. And yet when everyone thinks you're something you're not, uh, it's hard not to wonder way in the back of your mind if they aren't somehow right. I don't know. I don't know. In the I don't know. Of this book. I, it doesn't mean any, it doesn't mean a damn thing. <laughs> okay. It, it it doesn't go anywhere. But um, he's like, uh, you were spotted on the street near the scene of the explosion. You were off duty without authorization. Old Jake's a terrorist. And he's like, I didn't know anything about the explosion. I was just on my way to work. And all he said, he's like, I anticipated you try to resist. And they bring in Cassie. 
Yeah, I wonder where they are. They bring in Cassie, and he throws her to the floor, and he's like, terrorist or not, when you see what I can do to Cassie, you'll do as I say. I, I love this. I don't care. Do the you? dark part of my brain loves this. I love watching like evil versions of characters. No, like, I agree. Like it's I love the mirror versed episodes of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love I love evil versions of normal characters. One of my favorite character tropes is like there's the something so indulgent about an evil twin because it's like normally we don't get to see how far characters will go. And okay, you get to evil twins are great because you get to see the characters be pushed to like their more past their moral limit to do just like terrible things and usually like the campiest way without like the moral repercussions applying to that character you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the character is doing it but it's not really their fault because it's not actually them it's their evil twin which is why evil twins are so great like 100 and they're usually just kind of like just decadent with their evilness they just kind of horribly entertaining very entertaining i love like evil kira intended Mm. kira oh my god wonderful fucking evil cisco is the funniest thing ever evil cisco and evil kira are such a vibe just evil cisco is so funny to me yeah it's really just like great it's so great Ah, uh, and I love how I love how evil Kira is just so narcissistic. She's just kind of in love with herself. Yeah, she's bisexual, but only because she wants to fuck herself. That's so true. Which is fucking um, funny. Which is so funny. <laughs> anyway, same applies here. It's so good, so good. I love the I idea. Just, of I love it. Mwah. I love I'll it. Mwah. Mm-hmm. Evil Marco is so great. I love it. Um. And and he's about to, but Mark, J- Jake's about to morph into Tiger to rescue Cassie. And then Cassie looks at him and gives him a look like, don't do it, man. You'll reveal too much. But what I'm wondering is why doesn't she morph? Or Marco? Yeah, why can't they morph? It's almost like things aren't making sense. Hmm. Nothing at all makes sense in this entire book. And yeah. like, yeah, why doesn't she morph anymore? The Cassie that I know, that we all know, would, like, continue to morph and use it as a weapon. I was thinking about this when I first read it, and I was like, oh, maybe they got it, like, taken away somehow. Like, maybe they have anti-morphing technology now. But there's just too many plot holes in this entire book to kind of... I think that's that's intentional. It is intentional. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just Just ignore Yeah. That's okay. Um, but anyway, Marco brings in a taxon, and he's like, this taxon ate literally his entire hive. He's only good for really one thing, which is um, eating people. And he's like, help us infiltrate the EF, and her life will be spared. Tell me all you know. And Cassie like is like, tell him nothing! I'd sooner die a thousand taxon deaths than aid the Empire! And he, she's like, oh yeah. He, he means it. But when I look at her face, even though she was 10 years older than in my memory, I saw only the Cassie I knew, the Cassie I once cared for. And she's like, no, Jake. And he's like, decide now or it's over for the girl. <laughs> you guys are besties. The fuck are you talking about? 
It's over for her. She won't have a second chance. And um, and he's like, I won't hesitate. Uh, and he's like, I looked from Cassie to Marco, and I didn't even hesitate. I'll tell you whatever I want. And Cassie's like, no! And Marco's like, this makes a new record for breaking a terrorist. <laughs> Things like, like this wow. that get you noticed by the council. They knew what they were doing when they made me Visser 3. And Jake is like, Visser 3? Cassie said you were Visser 2. And he's like, I am. But you just said 3, not 2. And Marco's grin broadened, and he's like, this is a slip. Proof that this couldn't be real. It's very much giving me um, a witch curse me, so now I have to sing everything I say. Everything? Everything. Uh, but you just talked. Did I? 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 <laughs> you ever seen Hoodwinked? What? You've never seen Hoodwinked? No. <gasps> it's so funny. It, the animation's so ugly, but the writing is so what funny. Is it? What is it? It's it's like a parody of like fairy tales, but like the big bad wolf is like a former detective, and they're trying to saw so- stop Bunny. And Red, uh, Little Red Riding Hood is there. She's voiced by Anne Hathaway. And there's the scene where she meets a goat, uh, and the goat is like, "I was cursed by a witch, so now I have to sing everything that I say." And then da da, and then it was that funny bit that I just did, oh, and it's just so funny. It's so this funny. Is genuinely upsetting to look at. Hood- Hoodwinks, are you looking it up right now? I am. I'm looking at pictures of, from the movie. It's so ugly. It's so ugly. It's so fucking ugly, but it's such a funny movie. It looks like a first draft. It literally does. But it's got Patrick War. Oh my god, Andy Dick. Why is Andy Dick in everything today? <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. It's like a crime movie. Because it's like, it's a crime movie, but with fairy tales. That's funny. Mm-hmm. But God, mm-hmm. is it horrifying to watch. And Hoodwink 2 fucking sucks. It's trash from a garbage. It's, it's time. time. Anyway, let's continue since it's time. Huh. Two times in one episode. Yeah. And he, like, sits in a chair, like, all casually. And he's like, Jake's like, this is all a dream, isn't it? And Marco's like, dream? Reality. Can you tell the difference? Oh, you're so sure that there even is a difference. Pain is pain. Fear is fear. If I order this taxon to eat you now, you'll feel agony beyond imagining. Call it a dream, if you want. But it'll be real enough. Like, I, I just, there is something so great. About specifically evil Marco, because Marco already could just be a great villain he if could he was be. evil. He has, he has the power, and I think the only thing stopping the him from being is that he has the charisma. And the only thing stopping him from being a fantastic villain is kind of Jake and the Animorphs. Um, and I love that for him, yeah. and I support him. I support him in his journey. Um, I support him in all things. And he's like, you'll do exactly as I say. Exactly as I say, or this tax on Scarf's Cassie down in a New York minute. Got it? I got it. Start talking. And he's like, all right, there's going to be another attack worse than the one today. I don't have the details yet. I get them from my next contact. I'll cooperate. I'll do whatever you want. Just don't hurt her. And then 
Marco, like, is, like, he, like, strides towards Cassie. He's like, why would we have to harm her? She'll give us the name of the other EF terrorists. She'll give us their locations. She'll help us catch them and help reinfest them. Relax, Jake. I'm sure. And she, like, uh, uh, headbutts the orf that is, like, keeping her mouth shut. And she spits in Marco's face. And he, like, grabs her hair and pulls her head back like an evil villain. And then he, like, looks at Jake and is like, get to work, Jake. Essek, wait for the EF to contact you. Go with them. Do as they say. We'll be watching. No matter which way you turn, we will know. We'll be there. Don't try to deceive us. We'll be watching every every step you take, Jake. Buddy. (laughs) It gets just really funny that he calls him buddy. My friend. (laughs) My homie. My homie. Home slice. Squat up. Um, <laughs> and he, like, uh, is awake somehow back at his, at his uh, work console, his, his cubicle. Um, and he's, like, still hearing Marco's voice in his ears, and he eats a half jelly, a half of a half-eaten jelly donut. Mmm. Mm. Jelly donut. I don't like jelly um, donuts. I prefer cream-filled, but I'll fuck with a jelly donut. I just love donuts. I don't Except really for... like donuts unless it's an apple fritter. Apple fritters are good. I don't like sprinkles, period. And so I really don't like them on my... The only frosting I really like on my donuts, actually, is is uh, chocolate frosting. Any other That's frosting fair. I trust, find really gross. I don't really like frosting. I'm done with maple, but I had to be in a very specific mood. Like a maple bar? I could eat half of a maple Maple, maple is pretty good. I think my favorite, I've been fucking with gla- just a glazed donut, I think is perfection. Mm, you like, don't need to okay. reinvent the wheel. No, for sure. When when my brother and I were little, we and my mom would get a latte from Starbucks. She would let us split half, she would let us split um, an old-fashioned glazed donut from Starbucks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Love a good Krispy Kreme. Um, yeah, I never had Krispy Kreme, ironically, until I went to England. There was a Krispy Kreme. Really? I, That's funny. I know. Um, there was a Krispy Kreme at the um, at the uh, tube station where we were staying. We weren't staying in a tube station, like, mm. by our house. Um, and my brother would get one every morning before we went out. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, hey, Fascinating. if it works, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, if it works, it works. But he goes down onto this, he goes down into the elevator and back out into the street, and he hears, like, a, a thumping b- club. I love, I love, I love that there are still clubs. They're still clubbing. That's fucking funny. That's comedy. Comedy? Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, he goes into this club... Uh, it's a banquet hall, but it's a club. Um, and there's just fucking food everywhere. Oh my god, it made me so hungry. There's tacos and pot pies and all this yummy food, and they're drinking soda pop and junk food and chicken strips and cheese sticks and buffalo wings. No broccoli in sight. Oh god, it's heaven. He was like, I was in heaven. <laughs> yeah, so funny. The kid really is fourteen. Um, literally. I, yeah, it made me so hungry. It made <laughs> really? me so hungry, Bryn. I oh mean, because you know I love to eat trash. I oh, love I trash. I know you do. 
I remember oh, you your funyun your funyuns for dinner phase. Phase. <laughs> okay, just when we, all right, people for context, when we lived together, I'd be like, "Hey, I'm getting I'm going to I'm going to eat dinner. Do you want anything?" She'd be like, "Nah. I got my bag of spicy funyuns and a Dr Pepper." That's my dinner. And I be your dinner. And then when you started working out, like <laughs> You're like, no, no more Dr. Pepper, only Funyuns. I was like, I support mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Do you still get slushies from 7-Eleven? Uh, I do. Oh my God. <laughs> do you remember, this is, this is wildly off the topic, off topic, but do you remember that one time that, uh, you had gone to bed early for once because you had rowing the next morning? And Mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep because I had really bad insomnia. And it was like two Mm -hmm. in the morning. And I was eating Pringles as silently as I could in my bed. Because there was like half a wall between (gasps) us. I remember. I was like putting it in my mouth super slowly so that I wouldn't crunch and wake you up. And I was like also super stressed out. So I was like crying in my bed eating Pringles at two in the morning. Like, as silently as I could, so I wouldn't wake you up, because I knew you had rowing and had to get up at four. Which is <laughs> and, fucking hilarious. Which is fucking hilarious. I think I might have just been going to bed when you got up that morning. Um, anyway, and then I told you about it later, and you were like, I literally would not have heard you, no matter how much noise you made. Yeah. I think about that twice a week. I mean, I, 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 I like garb. I mean, the other day... Pfft. The other day, my lunch was a bag of uh, um, hot Cheeto fries. Not even normal fries, hot Cheeto fries. Ballad. Like the like the crisps, like the the chips. I've not changed. <laughs> I've not changed Ballad. a damn. I'm because and I and I never will. Like Honestly, I, I I don't I don't need you to change. I love you the way you are. Don't worry I like about to. It. I've been trying to get more veggies into my diet. But I'm not gonna stop eating trash. It makes me happy. Yeah. Anyway, thanks. Um, anyway, there's. But anyway, he, he's in the trash zone, and <laughs> he like he gets a bunch. He heaps a plate with tacos and pizzas, and uh, a hork bajir slams him against the wall, and he's like, "Don't struggle. I'm a friend. I'm with the EF." And he's mm. like, "Make you like you're going to the hovercraft dock, like you're going to home for the night. Then double back and duck in the side door to the kitchen." Uh, and then he falls back into the club uh, people, and then he's like, he he gets out of the club, and one of the people is like going uptown, and he's like, wait, uh, I'm still hungry. One more taco should do the trick. Oh, and by the way, he's just stuffing tacos in his mouth. Um, been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like, uh, uh, swings into the kitchen, and uh. Next to the island chopping block, there's a wheelchair, and in the wheelchair, there's a woman. I'm not sure how I knew she was a woman. The face and body were grossly disfigured by injuries. She had no legs, only one arm, a horrifying scar shut one eye. The other looked up at me. It gleamed a brilliant blue. And I think I knew right then, because the hair on my back, neck of of, of my back, on the back of my neck, stood on end. And this voice is like, Animorph. Animorph. The password. And she's like, you don't even recognize me? And he's like, because I'm not kicking your butt. You don't even recognize your own cousin. And it's Rachel. It's Rachel. 
Rachel. Okay. With one eye and one arm. Yeah. And no legs. Um, and no legs. And okay. 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 So she's not dead. Like Cassie said. No. And she's like, close, but not quite. No, close, but no cigar. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's, well, I was gonna. I was gonna say she's still kicking, but I guess not. Penny! <laughs> I was, I mean, would it hey. have been worse if I just said it? Would it have been worse if I just said it? No. So she's not, she's not kicking. Well, she's still kicking. But anyway, um, she's, she's part of the kicking, EF. not with her legs. Not with her legs. She's still kicking with her one arm. Um... Mm. And she's like, she's been so badly hurt. I wanted to ask how, why didn't she morph to repay their damage? But I was afraid of the answer. The answer is that there's a bit of a plot hole regarding that. Oh, I didn't even remember. I forgot about the morphing thing. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay, that's um, weird. Another plot hole. Yeah, it is weird. And she's like, uh, this is, we don't do pity. This is business. This is serious stuff. Eight blocks away is the New York Public Library. Get there. Make the trip from here to the crookedest line you can. We want them, we want to cut them off from the scent. Go in the side entrance, up two flights, down the hall and into the stacks, and wait. And she's like, we don't do questions. And all of a sudden, an orf flungs open the door, and he's like, explain your position, orange suit. And he can't see her. Because she's low enough to the ground that she can, like, duck behind the island. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like, I wanted more salsa. The tacos are bland. And then he's like, get the sauce and bring it to my table. You're right. The tacos stink. (laughs) That was the second funniest thing that happened in this entire series. First was the HR thing. Then there's this. The second is the tacos stink. Um... And she's like, they'll trail you. At least you know who you need to lose. And he's like, but do I meet someone? How will I know them? And she's like, you'll know. Believe me, you'll know. Don't let us down, Jake. It's not just our freedom and the balance this time. It's life itself. There are many more, like me, injured or weak or different. So let's do it. And do it right. And he's like, and he was like I wish I could say it didn't bother me to look at the mess that Rachel had become, but in my mind, her wounds chronicled my failures as a leader. It was more than I could bear. (laughs) Bear. Shut up. Rachel. Shut up. Yeah, and he's like, I'd done it, I'd finally wasted Rachel's life. It's rough. It's rough. Um, I just, like... A lot of points in this book has come come down to like how he uses Rachel and how like how he manipulates her. Yeah, that was never really resolved. It. Like that's never that's never been resolved since the solution. And you can tell that like actually over the past couple of books, he said something like that. He still feels really guilty about it. It's kind of like it seems like. I mean, we don't have a lot of Rachel books, but. It, we kind of get the impression that she's forgotten about it, but it feels like he's like subconsciously being eaten alive by the guilt. He's like, I've wasted her life. I am currently wasting her life. Every time I fail as a leader, 
Like I break her a little bit more and I'm doing it intentionally. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, my book um, is not loading, so you're gonna have to. I so I can't actually all see. Good. Yeah, all good. spicy. Um, and he's like walking, and he's like, I couldn't exactly tell who was watching, but I felt the threat of Marco's men. He's like, I need to morph, but I couldn't morph. Interesting. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was my mind was too fractured to focus. Mm, I don't know about that. And his boot struck down on the pavement. It was the sound of triumph because he captured exactly what he wanted. I'd seen the orf before they dimmed their eyes. Um, and he's he's not going to morph, but he is going to run. Uh, and he's like running away from the orf. And he's like, I have to take this chase inside. And they dove through the storefront. The, the blah, 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 big old fight. All of a sudden, um, they he falls down this hole. Um, and then he sees, uh, it's like a 30 foot drop. And then he hears a bunch of kids and thought speak and a normal speech singing, singing a song. And he, and he lands on a grassy field and next to him was a tree. And if he, even if he lands on a grassy field, he should be fucking dead. And also it doesn't make sense that there's a fucking tree in underground, but there's a tree underground and there's a bunch of children singing. Um, Why the hell not? I guess. Yeah. And they start doing this meeting with this woman who's like the the, the nanny for these children. And, and he she's like, freedom guides us for it. We all live. Freedom is all. And he's like, she like goes, he goes up to this woman and is like, what is this place? Are you the group Cassie told me about? Are you free? And she's like, yes. So Cassie sent you. And she's like, Cassie must want you to learn. These are the children that uh, all of our young adults are in the EF. The, we're the ones they've saved so far. We elders and the children, ha- uh, we have we elders and the children that we raise and teach. Um, these are the, and Jake's like, these are the first healthy kids I've seen here. And, and this woman describes like, yes, the Yerks raised children in large warehouses back in the city. Controllers like the ones you saw are picked up at random to procreate. When children are born, they either enter one of the WAMPs or warehouses where they're held from age, from birth to age 15. Their lives are controlled through their brains and left, and their brains are left uninfested. Children are seen as weak and unworthy host bodies. I guess that that's different. Uh, they they changed their mind since the fucking, uh, since the, the, the departure. Mm-hmm. Also, um, mm-hmm. no, 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 you. I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, they say here that they're held in warehouses until the age of 15. But it, if it hasn't even been 10 years since since the, the fall of the Animorphs and, like, the literal apocalypse, then, like, how do they know that? There hasn't been a batch of children ready to be infested then, because it hasn't been 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just another plot hole, I guess. Yeah, that it's must the be... That, it's the one that caught me the most when I was reading this the first time. Yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, Those are my thoughts. But uh, uh, 
Basically, the Yerks want minds as powerless as possible, so they raise children in a joyless, lifeless world where they wait for the day of infestation. The EF fights to free them when they're freed, which is far more than I seldom bear to think. They come here. Um, and she's like, the he's like, I would like to see more. This felt uh, as a, this felt important to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he meets this kid who's like, whose name is um, whose name is Justice, which is very important. Sure. And he's like, the elders insist on giving us concept names, and he like, he like bends down to this kid and is like. Let me, can I see your painting? Because Justice is a painter. And he's like, can I see your painting? And Justice is like, here's my painting. And the image is, uh, it's di- it's divided diagonally from the lower left corner to the upper right. Below that line was an expressionist nightmare. A dark angular city, jutting steel gray towers, rising through a blood red mist. A fog from which arms and screaming agonized faces reached in vain for a sky they couldn't see. Above the diagonal demarcation was a different world. A cloudless blue sky landscape with the sky... In the sky hovered over hot air balloon, stark white like a sun, except extending from the balloon's gondola, crossing over from the joyful sky to the dismal urban abyss was a rope, a cord as thin as thread. And he's like, is this how you got here? Did you escape up the rope? And he's like, not you too. The elders are always telling me I paint allegories. I'm just working out my, uh, I'm working out my aggressions and fears, they say, but I'm just painting what I want to. Fun. Sure. All right, Justice. All right, Justice. And he's like, like trying to explain some stuff to Justice. He's like, the world, war doesn't always let you save the people, you know. You might end up being assigned to a mission that saves far more people away from here. You don't know other people's friends. And, and Justice is like, you're going to be late. I want you to stay, but you're going to be late. Um, And he goes through this park basically uh, and he goes to the New York Public Library and he's like I decided a while back to stop a- give- to give up analyzing what was happening to me and why I figured that sanity depended on accepting the reality I saw this dream or nightmare vision I don't know about that Jake I don't know about that homeboy I don't know um, but uh, all of a sudden he hears a tear tear and it's Tobias Um you think Maybe. Think. Maybe. Um, Perhaps. And all of a sudden, he like goes down this book, the lines of these books in the in the uh, in the library, and he sees at the end of this hallway a strapping andalite, coarse blue fur drawn tight over battle ready muscles, swiveled gracefully to stock eye, graceful stock eyes to rest on me, Jake. And Jake is like, Elfanger. And I said, huh? <laughs> Okay, I, I said, said the same thing. Who said that? What? I said, excuse me? Excuse you? Elfanger? The fuck? Okay. Uh, I mean, so did Jake, to be fair. So did he. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess. Um, and he's like, you'd followed our instructions. And Jake's like, I just, I literally saw Elfanger eaten to death. What is going on? Um, what in the Sam heck is happening here? Um, and he's like, too much for you, Elfanger says. And Jake's like, I was a leader too. I saw the fight for Earth as more mine than his. 
And Jake's like, no, I want to go back at home so I can keep all this from happening in the first place. If this is the future, I want to go back. I can stop the Irks without sacrificing my friends, without botching the war, without bumbling into your brand of terrorism and half-freedoms. I can stop them before we sacrifice the very things we're fighting for. And Elfie laughs, and he's like, victory without sacrifice. You know better than that. And I was like, he sounds like fucking Alaron. And Jake is like, uh, uh, how did he... And, and Jake is like, you don't have to give up your principles to win. And Elfie's like, you know better than that. And Jake's like, the recognition stung. How did he know I was just talking big? It was like he was inside my head, rifling through my personal file of fears and mistakes. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. And Jake is like, I always thought of you as a hero, but the truth is you couldn't see another way out. You sentenced us to this hardship, pain, and suffering. We were kids. You made us question every value we ever learned. You had no right to heat that weight on us. Huge and impossible. You used us. Absolutely. Finally. Go off. Thank you. Finally, someone Finally. said it. Finally, he gets to vent. Oh my god. Finally, Jake realizes that this was unfair. Finally, he gets to say something about it. But not, not but not really. really. Um, because the the arrogance, uh, the Andalite arrogance is like gone, and it's like that's that's interesting coming from you. Let's see what comes next. You didn't ask for leadership, right? Well, I don't buy it, Jake. Every choice is yours. Always has been. You were and are free. And I was like, but not really, though. And then it's like, oh no, this is not Elfie at all. This is Tobias. Which stings more actually. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you know, I morphed X a long time ago. I decided to stay in this morph. X's body is aged 10 years. It's a dead ringer for Elfanger, isn't it? But Elfanger's dead, Jake. And he's like, and so are you. But he's like, and dead? But how, then how could I be free? And it's like, Tom, a long time ago, Tom ended your life. And he's like, but I'm here. And he's like, yes, you are, but you're not alive. It all converges tonight. Tonight is the decisive moment. The Chrysler building moon ray is ready for use. They're powering it up as I speak, running through the checklist, applying your hundreds of hours of calculations. And he's like, no, I'm not a scientist. And he's like, you were, or you, you are, or you were. Or rather, you will be. It all rests on you. Even a tenth of the percent will do the job. Make it miss. This is the decisive moment, do you understand? Use whatever means necessary. And he's like, if I make the if I make the shot miss, the moon will explode and do millions. And Tobias is like the greater good, Jake. The big picture. For God's sake, don't get stopped by details. Permanent Candrona. Failure means an Earth that is at last irrevocably Earth. Uh, Yerk. <clears throat> I didn't. I didn't stumble. I love the idea of one of them like misspeaking, <laughs> like stuttering. I know they never misspeak ever. Yeah. And he's like, what about Cassie? Marco has her. And he's like, there's no time. She's prepared to live with honor. I won't let her die. When you, uh, the choice, save one or save many. The choice wasn't so hard for you at the Ragton building when you told Marco and J uh, Rachel to save themselves. This is war, Jake. Sacrifices must be made. Alter the moon ray or save Cassie. One or the other or neither. Not both. And he's like, I can't accept it. And he runs away into the muggy cloud of night air. Leaves muggy air? Minutes ago, I'd been I'd walk through barren branches, dormant as death. Now I race past foliage rustling in the whirlwind currents from hovercraft overhead. Reality is all wrong. He's like, 
What made her? What made Cassie worth more? Sheer volume, the future, the common good? Detachment, you idiot. Guilt tore at me with scratching, ripping claws. And he's like, I'd set the example. I was to blame. And he shouts, I'm sorry, at the sky, and no one is there to hear. And he's like, what good is, is it if people are forgotten along the way? If one girl in one million girls is scarred and hardened, changed forever, what good? Only yerks freely give their own to see a job completed. I wasn't a yerk. I wasn't. And all of a sudden, Marco's men are firing dracons at him. And he's like, I have to get away. I have to get out of this nightmare town. And he's trying to morph. Uh, and he does so. He morphs into a bird. And he fucks off. And he's like, help Cassie. And I doom so many more. Candrona for eternity. Help Cassie. And mankind's fate is sealed. And he's like, every detail of the city urged, uh, surged into focus with raptor's sight. And the mind, simple but keen, the tears were gone. Higher, past walls of silver-green glass and rooftop landing pads, glassed-in penthouses, the alien world's hot tub equivalent, the yerk pool. The air cooled and thinned as I rose higher still, until at last the menacing yerk New York looked safe and small. One stree soul above a city of slaves. Millions that were mine to save. Cassie. And then he's like, Justice would save his friends first, but Justice was a kid. And that is a purple line. Yay, we got another purple line. Yay, purple line. Yay, Vital purple to the line. series as a whole. Justice was a kid is a great, great line, just in so many so ways. So good. So good in, this, in the context of this series and on its own. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have the brain power to go into all of why that line is so great, but it's just great. Yeah, I don't know. use your critical thinking skills, everybody. We'll come yep. back to it. And he's still flying over the over the city, and he's like, "Yerk, all of it, yerk." And he's like, "My telescopic eyes found the silhouette of a man working at a desk, high in a skyscraper in the world I used to know. He could have been anyone, working late with a wife and family, a dog, a home. Here he was, one captive, one captive, one life." And he sees the Chrysler building, Cassie's prison. And he sees that the moon ray is energizing. Shafts of green sprang from the eagle heads like controlled lightning, up and up, converging at the spire's needle tip. A pyramid of green with an axis of gold, all of its sizzling energy. It probably looks pretty fucking cool. Um, probably. And he, like, zooms through the, the air. Uh, and she's, he sees Cassie facing out away from the building, her wrist strapped to the masonry wall, her face strained as she fought to break free. And he's like, Cassie! And she's like, the spire! Her desperate plea filled my head. Smash the spire! And I said, huh? Because, as Jake says, how could she communicate in thought speak? How could she even see me? Right. Yeah, no time what? to wonder. And she's like, smash the spire! Do it now! The smallest misalignment will disable it. And he like is going towards the Chrysler building, and then all of a sudden she's free, and she leaps forward, jumps from the brick ledge to the base of the gargoyle, perilously close to the raging green shaft, uh, slammed her weight onto the eagle. It quaked minutely, but it was enough. The light dimmed, and she's like, he's like, you did it! And he, she's like, no, I only misaligned an auxiliary stabilizer. This system will be up and running again in minutes. And all of a sudden, uh, a panel opens behind her, Strong, nearly invisible orf arms enveloped her. Jake disabled the main computers. Uh, she was dragged inside and the panel shut except for a crack. And then I was like, oh, just like before. Just like before. Back to before. Oh. <laughs> and he, he like 
just manages to get underneath the crack, and all of a sudden, like, uh, uh, feebly, I looked back at the narrow slit. Was I hallucinating? Perched atop the gargoyle eagle was a real bird, a red-tailed hawk, eyes on me. Demorph, the strong voice pulled me back. It's not too late, the same strong voice. I got up, and he follows the sound of Cassie's kicks against the corridor. Uh, he re- he uh, demorphs and remorphs uh, into a tiger, tiger. probably. Um, and I'll, Marco is, uh, is like, you again! And he's like, don't even bother trying. Neither of you can do anything to stop this. And then like a countdown starts for 30 seconds. And he's like, in minutes the moon will shine only uh, and strengthen only yerks. We will be all powerful. Earth will be ours forever. And to celebrate, we've decided to throw a terrorist from the sky. Um, and oh, he Marco. Uh, what? To celebrate, we've decided to throw a terrorist from the sky. What a line. I That's love all. villain Marco. And Jake is, like, springing, and he's like, oh, no pain, not yet. I wouldn't let pain in, not as blood spewed, spewed from my cuts, staining my fur, coating my muzzle. Fighting, 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 so much fighting. Uh, Cassie is then hurled into the open, uh, into the red night. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, she, her hands grip the ledge. She's not uh, uh, dead, somehow, but in seconds she would tumble to her 60-story death, a splatter heap for taxons to lick up. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, there's two choices again. Cassie's hand, the world, no t- and he's like, no time for uh, indecision. I saw my goal. Save what I va- should be valued above all else. I leaped. Five. Four. And then all of a sudden, interesting choice! It's a huge, booming voice, and Jake sees only blackness. And he's like, it's a strange voice, old and young, male and female, echoing in my mind like distant thought speak. It was not the Elemist. It was no voice that I'd ever heard. And it's like, they have strangely segmented minds, conscious, unconscious, and an ability to reconcile both. They will bear more study, these humans. And all of a sudden, bird song, and he opens his eyes, and he sees a wooden desk with a computer on it, a Star Wars poster, Dirty gym, uh, dirty clothes, gym shoes, reading light, cotton sheets, his room. And he's like, what the fuck? And he immediately goes to the phone and dials the number, and he just wants to hear uh, a girl's voice, deep and young, tearful and wise. And um, he he tries to yank off his badge and realizes there is no badge. And um, he still is seeing the images flashing in his mind of dead hork and David and Howlers and Mylar Sheath and Elfanger. And then all of a sudden, hello? Time stopped. It's Jake, I said. It's Jake, I said again, voice creaking like I'd never talked to her before, as if this were the first call I'd ever made, the only call that mattered. Cassie, I just wanted to ask what I should have asked you yesterday. Are you okay? And that's the end of the book, people! <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> you know what, Bryn? I will go first so that you have ample time to rant. Okay. I love post-apocalyptic <laughs> stories. I love post-apocalyptic stories. I love a dystopia. And, like, this is a dystopia. Like, this isn't, like... I don't know. This is it just it seems a lot more brutal than other dystopias. Like divergent. This isn't divergent. This is uh, Hunger Games. 
hey, no. Hunger Games is is the it's pretty. It's, oh no no no, Hunger Games is good. Okay, don't get me wrong. No, but, like I, this just yeah. seems brutaler. Yeah, this um, is terrible. Yes, yes, it is. And I love, I love. Um, we but we all know I love the evil twin. I love an evil version of a character we already know. And I also love aged up stories. And I don't know, it's such a specific niche. I love when a story ages up a character and shows that age did not give them anything good. It it made them worse. That I love that. So many of my stories that I write are about that specific thing, about how when people get older, it does not necessarily mean that they will become better people. It might make them worse. Mm-hmm. You know? That's such a thing. I just, I love, I love, I love, I love. I love how weird this book is. I love that it it even even like right at the beginning there's like little inklings that things aren't normal and then mm-hmm. it just slowly gets more abnormal i love that it has to me it very much has the attitude of a nightmare like it feels like a nightmare yes. i would have where like feels the way like nightmares work dream. is you like a fever dream like you just kind of go along with it like it reminds me of a lot of like not like this music like not like this book is on the same level as synecdoche new york but it reminds me a lot of other movies by um Oh shit! Who's the director? Oh fuck! Who directed it? No, Synecdoche, New York. Fuck. Um, Charlie Kaufman. It reminds me a lot of of Charlie Kaufman's attitude, which is very much. It feels like like the movie you're watching is a bad dream. Mm-hmm. Like that's just such a niche aesthetic and tone that I just I adore. I adore so much whenever it's in something, and this. This might not, uh, this might be, um, something that makes you upset. I kind of like that in the end, no resolution. The whole point of this entire experiment was to cause Jake pain. And I love Jake, but I love that. I love it because I'm very much a fan of alien species that genuinely seem like complete sociopaths. Because that's kind of what it would be like to have that much power. You know, you just don't, it's not like they're they're evil but it's a specific kind of evil in that like they just don't really see them as people like that's a, a another kind of alien trope that i just love for villains it's just like you're not even a you're not a person to me so why would i feel bad mm-hmm. you're just an experiment and i love it i i love that it's it's like one of the most lovecraftian things we've had in this series so far it's just this which will, it will probably be explained and explored further on but this fucking Nothing. Like, it's just some some aliens that are fucking with people. I love that. I love that the point was pain. I love it so much. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I, I, I... And I also, I love the world. I love this post-apocalyptic world. I think a lot of it makes so much sense. And I love, I love that even though it's a nightmare, it's also really funny. And I kind of want to see more of it. I might just want to see more of Evil Marco. Because it's so great. I just, I loved it. Mwah, mwah. I loved this book so 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 much. Um, the only things I didn't really like is I don't like the language that that um, implies that this is somehow Jake's fault, um, and I don't like language that that like blames one person. But I think it kind of works because this is not a real scenario. It's an imagined scenario specifically designed to torment Jake. Like it's scanning his brain and it knows exactly how to fuck with him. So I think it kind of works. But I loved this book, and I'm so excited to hear you not love it. Are you okay? Are you done? 
I'm done. I'm done. Okay, not like you need to be done. I just wanted to make sure before I started. No, um, go ahead. Okay. Here's my thing. Here's my, okay, here's my thing. I was reading this and I was getting like hot and cold at the same time. This book filled me with like such a deep sense like a deep deep sense of dread and like terror, not even terror, like horror. Um, that I both hated it and loved it. Like, I loved it because of all of the reasons that you love it, for the most part. Like, it's so well written. It feels like a fever dream. It's terrifying. It's Lovecraftian, which I, which I appreciate for the series. But also, like, it, it made me feel so many emotions. And most of them were, like, horror, outrage, and fury. Every time I think about this book and what these, like, mystery alien species did to Jake, because, okay, <laughs> I've had, like, two weeks to, like, form formulate my thoughts on this book, and I've been thinking mm -hmm. it over, and now that I have a chance to vent, like, I can't speak. Um, it just makes me, like, irrationally angry when I think about it. And the reason is, is because there literally was no point. There was no point except pain. The only, mm -hmm. like, there, there's, there's no, it was an experiment. And the experiment was, hmm, how much pain can we cause Jake, who's already in an incredible amount of pain and under an, an incredible amount of stress to begin with? Uh, how much pain can we cause him until he just snaps completely? And that would be one thing, but to make matters worse, while he was going through it as being, like, the unwilling and unknown subject of this alien experiment, he was like, oh, so yeah, we're finally doing this. Like, yeah, I've finally gone insane. Like, he was expecting it somehow. Which is just, like, heartbreaking to me. I think that, I think the thing is, this book... <sighs> is so good it is so well written it is like everything about it is so good that it's it's bad because it makes me feel exactly the emotions that i'm supposed to feel like outrage heartbreak horror and anger i feel like are are the intended responses to this book and like, it is a mark of its worth that it makes me feel all of those things. But I think it worked a little bit too well. Because every time I think about what happens in this book, I get, like, a cold flush of fury. <laughs> like, I just... Because there was no point. Because there just was no point. And I don't... There was no point. Narratively, it, like, practically, as from, from a reader's perspective... It gives us another window into Jake's psyche and how just incredibly fucked up he is. But the guilt he feels over using Rachel, her ruthlessness, her her skill and recklessness as a warrior, um, his his doubt as a leader, his lingering guilt over David, which we got to see, and the Howlers, like how he second guesses everything, how he feels the clock ticking, how it is implied as you said, that everything is his fault, but I don't think that's the intention of 
of K Applegate, I think it's like that is like a subconscious narrative of of Jake's own psyche. Like, you know what I mean? It's just I thought I would be a lot more eloquent when I was ranting, but apparently I can't form complete thoughts. That's okay. I just like it <laughs> He's been through so much. Why why are they doing this to literal kids? And especially him. I I don't know why, but I feel I'm feeling like over the past couple of books, especially the last one and this one, I'm feeling starting to feel like very overprotective of Jake. Uh, which is ironic, mm. I feel like, because I couldn't remember his name for the first ten books. Oh yeah. But like Who the fuck are these people? And why are they doing this? It's not Cryak, it's not the Elmas, it's not any of the big bads. What is is there a new player on the board? I wanna know I wanna know more and I wanna know why I want explanations and we're not getting it and it's so frustrating to me. See I'm okay with that. Maybe that's just where we differ. That's is just that exasperating to me. It's like In this scenario though, I'm okay with it because I love I mean, it just go. It goes back to Lovecraft, right? Like it goes back to like it, the the world is full of unknown, and like I don't know, Camus would have been like, yeah, that's that's the world, that's the universe. It's not gonna provide you with answers, you know. Fucking deal with it. Push that rock up that hill, you know. <laughs> like, and so maybe I'm just I'm into that. I'm into that that sort of like. Yeah. They, why would they give a fuck? Why would they give a fuck about this kid? It's enough to, to tell them who they are. Yeah. It's just no, some I people. F- I feel you. I feel you. I I don't know why I'm feeling this, because under normal st- circumstances, like, I, I like that kind of cosmic indifference. Like, that feels very comforting to me. Um, and I feel like we've talked about this earlier, like, at the beginning of the series, about how like, cosmic indifference is usually very comforting to me. Like, nobody gives a shit about what you do or who you are, and that feels very freeing. But the fact that, like, these alien beings clearly do give some form of a shit about what he does and what he's feeling, but just, like, from a purely cold scientific standpoint, I don't know. It just fills me with rage and (laughs) i don't i don't know how to explain it um uh also i just hate the thought of 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 the idea that that is what cassie becomes the like the the fates of all the animorphs felt like so personal and insulting to me in but it's not book. real i know well, that's not I mean, real. i guess it's just more further evidence that you are jake like i know Is it's not real they were personally insulting you because <laughs> you are jake it feels like an insult and it feels like like because cassie would never because it's like the opposite of like that is the Cassie turns into the thing that she thought she would never become. Marco's 
fate is like a slap in the face because he is visitor to like a mirror to his to his own mother's fate which like is the last thing that you would want rachel who felt invincible is is no longer so and Tobias, who is always so full of like of hope and practicality and um I don't know, just to a point fairness is judging Jake for what he's become, even though it was his choice. He would be the last one to judge Jake. And like f- having cold indifference to Axe's fate and like using Axe's morph in just like such an indifferent way. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it felt like. I was just so wrong. It felt like like a violation of everything these characters stand for. It was for but all that's of them the to become point. that. I know it's the point. I know it's the point, which is the thing. I I this book is so good, and I'm gonna give it right off the bat a ten out of ten because it does all of the things Woo! it's supposed to do. Sorry, but like it does all the things it's supposed to do. It was so well written. The plot holes. In Jake's, like, nightmare dream where, like, things just don't make sense, things don't match up, perfectly leads up to the plot twist at the end where they're like, oh, none of it was real, it was all in your head because it was an experiment. Like, it was an experiment. The whole thing was fantastically written. It's, like, one of the best books. The prose is honestly fucking great. The prose is fantastic. It's one of the best books we've had in a really long time. I mean, like, the the dystopian apocalyptic world that we're like instantly transported into feels completely real feels completely plausible in this universe and like in this timeline and um i don't know all of it feels like perfectly done um so i don't know it was i mean it was so good so good i i do love like uh where are they now timelines like where everything Mm -hmm. goes to shit so i i feel you there but like i don't know this book just made me feel so many emotions and i did not appreciate it uh i was like how dare you how dare you make me feel things um i don't know that was like a very clumsy rant but So I have like a very, I have a love-hate relationship with this book. I loved it for so many reasons. All of the reasons that you listed. Because you're so right. It is so good. But also I hate it because, like it makes, because of how it makes me feel so frustrated and angry. And how they just, I'm also out kind of, and they just left him with all those memories. Like they didn't, because as you said, they don't care about they're subjects. They're, they're oh my indifferent. God, excuse me. And sorry, bless you. Indifferent Thank entities. You. They just left him with the memory of that entire experience. They didn't even have. I never thought I would be invoking the Alamist's name in a good way, but like at least he erased their memories after that time, time shenanigans, uh, and back to before. Um, so that they wouldn't have to live with the shame of of making their worst decisions like 
they just left him with like crystal clear memories of that whole thing and i can't tell if that's a good or a bad thing all i know is that he's twice as traumatized now and Mm. i'm like angry for jake on his behalf heck yeah anyway that i'm done i loved it I also I loved it too, but I also what hated it. Worth. Uh, for what it's say? worth, for what it's worth, I also rated a ten out of ten. I loved it so much. The one flaw is that maybe they bit off more than they could chew, and they could have done this in a Megamorphs book. But oh, for whatever, one hundred percent. But then they would have, you know, how all the Megamorphs are like, um, multiple points of view. Mm. It mm-hmm. would, so it would make less sense. Like yeah. Anyway, I want to um, see this future world again. That's what I want to see. I know, I know. So interesting. Damn. Anyway, anyway. Uh, well, I guess that'll do it for this episode. Wow. Uh, this is one of the longer episodes we've had in a while. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm not. Our we Lion King to rant took up some time there. But... Yeah, we did spend 20 minutes talking about the Lion King too. Since it was Pride. You know what? Um, As we should, we're we're gonna leave it though. Just we're. I'm not cutting it. Are you fucking okay. kidding me? Right. Anyway, um, next week we're going to be reading. Ah, oh, we're gonna be reading Rachel. We're gonna be reading The Journey, Book Forty Two, The Answer to the Universe. Gosh, what was the last Rachel book we had? I think it was back, The Weakness. Back, 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 back. It was The Weakness, a book yeah. that I kind of forgot about. Wasn't that the one where she was the leader for a day? Because Jake. Yes, it was, like, and I fuck. I don't think I liked it. I don't think anybody liked it. <laughs> well, anyway, very excited to see why she's turning into an elefante, mm-hmm. as she is mm-hmm. wont to do. Anyway, we will see you all next time. We will see you all in a world. Dun 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 dun. In a world. In a world where we play Hall and Oates. Dun 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 dun. You're out of touch. I'm out of touch.